Hello, everybody. Today, we bring in a good friend of mine, Jamal Richardson. Um, he is, um, how, how would you describe, what is our living situation like? You're, you're my roommate, right? I am your temporary roommate. <laughs> what I would describe it as, for sure. You're, you're my roommate. Wait, hold on, let me turn this music on. Let's put it in the background. on some Michael Blue. All right. You put my phone far away so I don't get copyrighted. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, yeah, yo, we here. Um, I've been trying to get Jamal on the podcast for... For a, for a minute. while, a minute. and Jamal has a. You think you think LJ's mom and my mom gonna listen to this? No, they not. Okay. They, they, Uncle they, my Uncle my Yeah, no, nah, but yeah, Jamal Jamal been staying with uh with us for the last um how many months? Three days. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was supposed to be. Um, yeah. Since, damn damn near three months times two. Yeah, since since the end of January. Yeah, like, like a week after the Niners um, played the Packers, a week after. But um, man, how how you doing though? What's up with you? Oh man, uh, you know I'm doing as best as I can being, you know, temporarily homeless. But I, I think I'm doing fine. You know, working out my difficulties with uh, with the school and stuff. Right. Right. So I'll just I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna slander Howard too much on this, on this episode, but uh, How, Howard did, did Jamal very dirty. Yeah, you know, we don't have to mention him there. Yeah, it caused a lot of, a lot of bad memories. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bad memories. But, but we, we here now. Um, Jamal, Jamal staying with uh, me, and my roommate LJ for a reason. You know, it was um, it's been a cool, it's been a cool five, six months. You know, it's because we, we lost a lot of college because of COVID. And um, it kind of made it made us have like a dorm experience again. Yeah, that brotherhood. Yeah, cause um, you, there was you, me, and LJ, and then Gavin Damner every night coming over <laughs> to hang with us. So um, and then then the other rotation of whoever, yeah, whichever mm-hmm. homies came through. But um, yeah, so like, what do you? I know you know you like acting. You want to tell the audience. Your uh, aspirations. Well, well, let me let me talk about how I met Jamal. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about how. Let's talk about. How <laughs> let's talk met. about it. Um. So, we um. Me and Jamal had intro to political science together, freshman year, and um. I didn't. I didn't know Jamal at this time, but Jamal said a, a controversial statement in our class that I that looking back at it was not very controversial, but when it happened, our class. Our class full of women erupted, um, and um, it was it was crazy. The um, the um, statement went along the lines of a mother a mother can't raise a son the same way a father can, you know. And I don't know. It's kind of it was kind of crazy that 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 um that that statement garnered so much controversy in our class because because I, I 100% agree just like the same way a mother cannot raise a daughter I mean it goes to vice versa like a mother like a, mo- a daughter needs her mom and a son needs his father you know what I'm saying yeah but that was that was a very interesting class I remember the it was like a quote we were talking about Jay-Z I think 
and it was like a quote or something like why there's a lack of respect for authority figures in the black community or like especially with black males is because of the lack of a father figure and I remember uh, the teacher the professor um, when I said that I said I didn't even say anything that crazy I said is he isn't he kind of right isn't he kind of right and what I was trying to imply with that was like like you know growing up as a child even, I think a child like there's certain things a, a mom can't teach you and there's certain things a father can't teach you right. you know like and, and you need both of those it's like you can't be whole completely without at least one figure you know like right. without somebody taking that role is what I was trying to say but um, it was more so misconstrued and taken as I'm saying a woman can't be an authority figure um, right. I'm a privileged male who's never going to respect a woman being ahead of me or something you know I'm keeping the patriarchy strong um, but that was just very that's just very interesting how I, I said that statement and immediately the class didn't react once I said it it was once the teacher started to say something because they didn't understand what I said and once the teacher started speaking I, I knew immediately she didn't understand what I said too right so and then you know they kind of the the sheep mindset just kind of you know they kind of rose up right you know like a like she's leading the orchestra and she just exactly. kind of commands them away yeah it was um that was that was a wild class because um i mean anybody who knows me personally knows knows akil well he's been on the podcast before but me me and akil we we had that class together and um we were sitting next to each other more like in the front row and when jamal said that our class erupted and just screaming along with our teacher and um i just thought that was that was kind of crazy because um, one of the things that you expect when you go to a school like Howard, you know, all types of black minds here, people from every every state, every country where there's black people, they they are they are at Howard, all types of representation. You would think that that a lot of ideas would be a lot of different ideas would be brought to the table, and there would be open dialogue about those ideas. Yeah. But quickly, we realized very quickly in the college. How many weeks was that in the college? That was. I think not even that might have been a month that, that might have been like right after my birthday or something so right we were actually not even a month because we started like what on the 20th or something right so yeah i was like oh. was it the 20th i feel like it was earlier in september no i mean we started like in the august right oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like it was like more so like the the 10th or something because it, it was a few weeks in the mm-hmm. classes um but yeah that was that was very fun um because that, that's when i was kind of like seeing that like like, cause you know, you think when you think of college, you think of an institution like Howard University. You're thinking it's teaching you to be um, a free thinker. Right. Like, um, uh, one of my English teachers um, that I had like back in like seventh grade, she was telling me about this book she read about what college is supposed to be, and it's supposed to be a good like BS meter. Like, you're supposed to be able to you're supposed to be able to learn to read through people's BS, like, and think for yourself. And it's just like, when I got there, that was like my first experience of like, I guess, um, division, a different opinion of someone at college. It was kind of like this, okay, I think we, I thought we would sit there and discuss it. And instead it wasn't really college, like that right there, I, I learned that like, we weren't really being taught how to think. Like we were being taught what to think. And we weren't really, we weren't being taught like, you know, to sit there and, I guess like, analyze it right. and form our own opinions of it. But, but that that there was just very like you know, 
sheep minded. So right. I just kind of opened my eyes. It was just very disappointing to um, see our teacher who has a PhD. I mean, she, she always goes on and on about her teaching credentials and, and everything that, that she's done um, in her life. It was just disappointing to like see somebody of that authority not even listen to your idea, you know, because one of my friends told me, and this is a different class, he told me that he took, um, I think the class is like Black Women in America or something like that, Women in America, mm-hmm. and obviously that, that class is mostly girls, but the teacher, the teacher still went, went back on them, on their opinions. It wasn't, it wasn't just like a, it wasn't just a, it wasn't an echo chamber. Whenever, whenever one of the, one of the, whenever one of the black um, women would, would say something, the teacher would, if, if the teacher disagreed, they would refute it. I don't know if the teacher was a male or a woman, but still, like, I'm, I assume it was a woman, because, you know, it's black women in America, but, yeah, like, that, that stuff was just crazy, and um, she, she called you, she called you privileged, and she and did. <laughs> any anybody who knows Jamal knows that Jamal is far from privileged. J- Jamal is from the Cliff, Oak, Oak Cliff. Cliff, Oak Cliff, yes, Dallas, sir. Texas. Dallas, Texas. A- anybody who knows about anybody who's from Dallas know know what it's like over there. I've never been before, but but from what Jamal has told me, you know it's crazy. Jamal has told me a lot of <laughs> crazy things about <laughs> about about his life. Um, but we can talk about that stuff later. I wanted to stay on this topic for a second. Um, I was thinking about like like mom like moms and dads. Um, I think like most men kind of um, agree with this. When when you're growing up, especially if you're if you're in a two parent household, you're you are always striving to gain your father's approval. Yeah. While, while your mother's, it's like, you still want her approval too, but it's a different type of approval. Because, like, your dad is going to, when you don't do something, he might not even, like, I don't know if it was your case, but he, like, my my stepdad, he, he didn't, like, yell at me and stuff like that. It was just, like, like a, like a silent disappointment if I, if I, if I didn't do something. And, and that was, like, the worst feeling in the world, you know, whether it was coming to, like, whether man, when I was when I was younger, I used to be on BS, man, because my dad uh, coached me. Um, he, he coached he coached my my grade school team, well our AAU team, and I was I was not one of the athletic kids on my team. I, growing up, I was like I was short, way shorter than all my friends. Mm-hmm. I was just I was just a scrappy scrappy young player, scrappy young short player who couldn't really dribble like that. I was just a shooter. Okay. Um, but I was a good rebounder. They had me at the four because I didn't. I didn't have a lot. Of, a lot of skills like that. But he always used to tell me to like do push ups mm. every night, and I didn't do them. Uh-oh. And he used to see me in my room playing video games all the time. And I would work on my game. I would work on my game. Mm. I, me and my brother, we would go outside and we would we would take a hundred. We would try to make a hundred shots. Um, each of us. Each of us separately had to make a hundred, and that takes a long ass time. Yeah. So it's not like we wasn't working, but um, I used to feel terrible whenever I used to um, when he used to come in the room, yeah. and I was eating some ice cream. I was I was eating a late night ice cream and popcorn. I feel like I had the uh, the opposite experience with my dad. Mm. Like he wasn't he wasn't a silent like my dad. Um, my dad was definitely the vocal. He's the like. 
like when he would come to my taekwondo practice and if it was like this little white kid i'm going against and like you know i didn't basically murder the white kid or something it's my dad instantly got in the car and took that as the white kid was being racist and i was being extremely disrespectful so mind you i'm, I'm all the way up in uh greenville at this point which is like north dallas and so like we live in south dallas like south oak cliff so it's like a it's like a 30 minute ride back normally mm-hmm. but with like traffic because it's like a rush hour when we're coming back it's like an hour and a half right so the entire hour and a half he's just like destroying me like oh, he's wow. just in the car just like like verbally assaulting me like you're letting us down you're letting my race down like oh, all wow. this other stuff so it's like i used to hate when he came to my taekwondo practices like um Unfortunately, my dad was also a midnight snack eater, so we'd run into each other at the fridge. So I didn't have that issue. Right. You know nah, I mean, nah, my my dad he he was in, he was in shape, so you know, he, he always <laughs> at the gym. So I and he he wasn't doing that stuff like, like I was. Obviously, anybody who knows me now knows that I've gotten my my health in order and I work out a lot. And I I, I kind of wish I did that stuff earlier. But there there were times. I remember one time he he, he coached our he coached my team. And I heated up some popcorn like right before the game, right before we had a tournament, because I knew I wasn't playing. I, I knew I wasn't playing, so I'm like, like I love me some homestyle popcorn. I, I love that brand, uh, Pop Secret Homestyle. So um, I heated that up. I was eating it behind the couch so he wouldn't see me, and then he saw me. And I was like, God damn, you know. But he he did yell at me um, one time because we had like a really bad loss. We had a really bad loss, and he was trying to play me more. Mm. Um, and um, it's crazy. I didn't know him at the time, but I went to high school with him. My boy Eric, shout out Eric. Uh, we um, he uh, oh man, this is embarrassing. So Eric's like a like back back. Eric is tall now, but back then in middle school, he was like a scrawny white dude. This is a scrawny white boy. Um, he um, we. We played against him a little bit. We had always played against him because he went to like the Madeline, which is like a another like a private school, another private school, but like, mm-hmm. like mostly white kids. Yeah. Well, my school was like the all the all black private school. Mm-hmm. We used to whoop their ass every year in basketball. <laughs> but but he um when I got in the game, he, he I was guarding him. He was my matchup, and he shot a three, and then he got his own rebound after he missed it when I was supposed to get the rebound. And then he scored, I think. And then in the play after. Just look over at the bench here. That's just fuming. And then in the play after, I don't remember if I had like a turnover or something like that. But we we got our ass beat. <laughs> we got our ass beat. And I don't the the team the team that we played was called Red and Black. Um Jamal, you, you might uh, you're not even really into college basketball like that, but one of the plays that we played against was um James Akinjo. Um he's he's probably about to go to the league. Yeah, he's really, really good. But um, anyways, yeah, after that game, we got our ass beat, got our ass hand to us, lost by like 40, 50 points, something like that. And um, and my dad, like, just disclaimer, when I, when, I, when I say my dad, I'm talking about my stepdad right now. Um, and he, he lit into our team, lit into us, like, was yelling at us. He was like, what are y'all doing? What the, what the fuck? Like, come on. Like, what? Are, like, well, come on. Mm. It was just a bad tournament. Well, I think we lost. We might have got swept. We lost all three games. God. Something like that. Man. It was at Oakland Tech. Um, and then after, 
I drove. I have to drive home with him. <laughs> and oh, it, and well, it's that a, sounds fun. And it's a long drive home because I lived in Antioch at the time, which is a suburb in the Bay Area, and um, it's about like like fifty minutes away. Yeah, the whole car ride, yelling. It was getting yes. getting lit into me. I was like, damn. Just talking about all my bad habits, like talking about like he gave me a chance and I failed and all that. Like you know, it was just. It was just bad. But tying all this together, men, men, you know, we, we, we want the approval of our fathers, you know? And Chris, for me, like, I know my, my mom, I used to, like, my mom was never, like, on me like that about my eating like that. Like, she, she never used to get on me for that type of stuff. She, I would kind of be surprised if, if she, um, if she didn't. My mom was never really that, that critical to me when I was. When I was younger, I I think that's kind of like something that that a lot of black men, um, kind of deal with, or just that that's just an experience. I say deal with just like an experience. Like the mom is more like like soft on them, so to say, and then and then like the mom is harder on the sister, because I I had a I have a sister, and um, like my mom was you see my mom and sister my mom and my sister they used to argue so much. When we was younger, then or until high school, well, no, throughout high school, but college, it kind of got has it's not as bad. But I used to argue a lot, and I just think that's a, um, I don't know, I, I don't I don't know what that I don't know what that is. But the point is that is like we parents serve different roles. I think, well, I mean, a lot of people think it's crazy to say this, but I think we need to have a two parent household in the black community. I, yeah, I think for sure. I th- I think that's something for like. In heterosexual relationships, you know, if 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 you're if you're gay or whatever, you know, it's just a different story. For but I think, I think the two parent household, you know, is is important, is important for the for the black community, particularly because you you you, you learn different things from from each parent. Yeah. You know, you you learn you take different things from each parent. You know. Yeah. And there's like there's like a certain like experience. Like my dad knows what it's like to grow up as a black male in America. My mom doesn't. Exactly. Like I mean she can have she can be fearful, she can worry. She doesn't like she won't know what to say as a black male to a police officer or how to handle that situation where my father would. Right. You know, he would know exactly what to say cuz he's he's a man, you know. As that's another thing we got me and the teacher got into a uh, discussion with when we ended up meeting on the yard was like how gender is like a construct. And I'm like, yes, it's a social construct. And I agree with that. I believe it's made up. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can go with all that. But the fact is that as a person who is identifying with this this in this certain gender or social construct, I need another person who is identifying with that social construct to right. show me how to do exactly. it. Exactly. Because, I mean, there, there's... If we're saying it's a social construct, that means what? Men have egos, right? Right. A man knows how to like stroke another man's ego. So my dad can tell me how to, you know, calm an officer down, you know, approach it right. You know, like there's certain things that my mom won't be able to do. Right. And it's like, especially for me, like my mom is, she's, she's not a, she's not a combative person. She's a retreater. Like, right. whereas my dad is very combative, very confrontational. So it's just very interesting that like, like, I, so I'm very passionate about that. I that guess, that's like, one of the things like my my mom is combative. Like, like my mom's a type. She, she, she's a, she's the type of black mom who, um, if, 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 if we in a drive through, you mess up the order, oh, she, uh, she, 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 back. she coming back, screaming at him, like, oh, like, because I, I never like, I don't like cheese on my burger. I don't really like cheese like mm-hmm. that, except on pizza. But that's a different story. 
But I, I, I never liked cheese. And when they would put cheese on my burger, she used to get so mad. Or just like, my mom was always the type to really, um, my mom was not afraid to yell mm-hmm. at, at anybody. She used to, when I had a sleepover in seventh grade for, for my birthday, nah, this was, nah, this was, yeah, the seventh grade, eighth, it might have been eighth grade. But, like, my friends, we were all up until like four in the morning. Oh and, um, get lit into. Well, I wasn't up, I was asleep, but I, I, I woke up because my mom screamed, she was screaming at all my friends. It was like, just like 15 dudes in my house. Okay. And, and, because like, we, we, we had a big, we had a really big room, it was called the Man Cave. And they, they were all sleeping in there. They were all sleeping in there. And um, she was like, oh, if y'all don't shut up, I'm going to take all y'all home. I'm going to take all y'all home, each to y'all different houses. And think, like, my, like, I lived kind of far from everybody. I lived, I lived out. All my friends lived in like Oakland, and so that would, that would have been a far drive. And I knew my mom was dead ass. She was not playing with that. And I'm making my mom sound mean right now. Like my mom is one of the sweetest people that, that you will ever meet in your life. You know, I, I mean, I, I consider myself a compassionate person. I think I get a lot of my compassion from from her. You know, my mom is just a very very sweet individual, but she definitely can get combative. Um, when the time comes, but um, man, people gonna hate me saying this stat right now. Um, going back to the going back to the parent, two parent, mm-hmm. single mothers um stuff. Um, you know, eighty percent. Someone, if I'm wrong, fact check me. But I'm pretty sure this is fact. Eighty percent of black men in jail come from a single mother household. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when 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 people hear that. They think, oh my God, he's blaming single mothers. You know, he's he's, he's blaming them for for um for not raising their sons properly. It's it's not it's not their fault. You know, it's it's just not that that's that's not their fault. You know, and um, because you know there are all types of circumstances that that uh, that can lead to that. You know, like a father can leave. You know, you know all types of things that can happen. But like, I think that supports the notion that. I mean, I don't know if causation equals correlation, all that stuff, but you know, I, I feel like that's a pretty damning statistic. Yeah, because when I hear that, I don't, I don't like, I don't think, oh, the mom's to blame. Mom, right? It's just, mom can't raise it's just, like, it's not, that. it's not her fault. You know, it's just, it's just she, it's just like you said. Even though gender is a social construct, that's the social that that's that's a societal structure of our society of, of just where where we live. Yeah. So. Although you can you can say, I hate when people say oh all this stuff isn't real um, mm-hmm. gender isn't real all that stuff but that's the reality that we live in exactly that that's what we live like we we can't act like it don't exist you know can people be like race is a social construct yeah 400, 400 to five hundred years ago race was not a thing but now we can't act like we can't act like it's not it's something that's real it's very real in our society and so the same goes with gender it's a real thing. That's the thing, and it's not gonna change. It's not gonna change. Men are gonna act like men still. Women are gonna act like women. It's like, and that's very aggravating because it's like, okay, if it's not a real thing, I mean, people die over this stuff. Like, people die over social constructs all the time. I mean, look at World War Two. Like, 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 look at Hitler. Like, like, that's a great example. Like, people die over these it, social, quote unquote, exactly. social constructs. Just like, I, I don't like when people say, "Oh, it's not real." Just, just because you don't think it's real. Don't mean it's not reality. Exactly. It's it's still reality. So um, I just think I don't know. That's just something that I wanted to I don't know. Just go a little deeper on because 
that's what kind of made me mad. I haven't really talked about it. I haven't really talked about like the black family in a in a while. I'm like, nah, that's that's definitely a lie. But <laughs> <laughs> but but in in this in this in this context, I haven't talked about it a lot. But um, yeah, that was a very uh, interesting class period. But it's funny we talk about all that because that's not even where I met you. That's not even how we met. That is not how we met officially. Yeah, yeah that's not how we met officially. We met. Um, he was um, he was an annex. Annex, yep. He was an annex. For those who don't know, go to Howard. Annex is one of our cafeterias. Um, and Jamal was sitting like, wait, were we at the same table? Or we, were, like, we were like at the same table. We were like, I was like, 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 but I was like, like three or four seats down. Right. I forget who I was talking. With. I think I was talking with a med or something. Yeah, I think I was talking with a med and um. Yeah, I forgot what, what what brought it up. I think it was LJ or something. LJ, because I, I, you were sitting with LJ, yeah, right? I was sitting with LJ. I think we were talking about the Seahawks. Or like, I'm not sure if I commented on it or he commented on it and said, "Oh, you're a Seahawks fan" or something. Like, I, I think I think you might have said something about DK Metcalf was like really good. Oh yeah, and I said like Nick Bosa better. Oh oh yeah, it was something along those lines. I mean, and but you lost your cotton picking mind, bro. How? You went. I don't even know what you said, but you were just yelling in that typical Josiah Niner fandom fashion, just absolutely ridiculous. Can't talk to, can't reason with the most anti Josiah possible. Like, like that is where you get your unreasonable like, like parts out is when you're a fan of a team. I think that's. I don't know when it comes to when it comes to my life. I think I'm a very rational person. I, I think I think I'm very rational. I think. I, I live in reality. Except when it comes to sports. Yeah. But yeah. It comes when it says when it comes sports is the only time where I can really let my ignorance loose. And you let it loose. That's that that's <laughs> that's why I really feel like I can get ignorant. But the thing is, I can get ignorant, but I'll give you stats too to back it up. I, I'll give you stats. And I think Nick Bosa is a better player than DK Metcalf. I don't know. Cause DK's position requires on some requires on another person getting him the ball. Nick Bosa's doesn't, so it's very hard to compare. That's valid. That's but, valid. You know, he has. I would say, didn't he have a twenty sack season last year or what? Um, no, it was like sixteen, like sixteen and a half. And then he got injured the year before. And yeah, because like I was coming off the ACL too. And he had like a twelve sack season his rookie year or something. No, it was like ten sack. Okay. But but he like led the NFL in pressures. Okay, but that's like you know like. DK has the most like receiving yards from that class so far. So I mean, I mean he probably has the most sacks from that class, right? Right. right now. Um, Maybe not because he's the year. He Max Crosby might have more. I think that's just because Bosa missed that year. But um, yeah. So yeah, me and Jamal, we was uh, talking, and I I yelled like Nick Bosa, and then I started talking mess. Yeah, he was he was scary. Like he was, in, I was like, this is a this is a coon. This is a coon. I don't know who this is, but this guy is scary. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm definitely not gonna tell him I snitched. Okay, like no, and now that, that was back when um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know Jamal, and I, that was back when I was like when I was bigger, like fifty pounds heavier. So I I guess I looked like a more this menacing black man. I'm a more a menacing black dude with with a little bit of hair. Um. But uh, yeah, cause I didn't, I didn't even know who said that stuff in our political science class. This was after that political science stuff. So I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know I was talking to him, because I, I forgot to say, but Jamal got obliterated in our group me. <laughs> oh yeah, oh my goodness, bro. 
had a man like completely like bro i was hanging out with that dude the day before we had got lunch the same day and homie just like literally like full-on like benedict arnold me like just red coated and just Say yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta apologize for him being on my floor. I'm like, like you're doing extra. Yeah, bro. Like, that's, that's extra, bro. You're not gonna, you're not about to give me uh, any brownie points with these. I'm not gonna lie, dudes be acting real different when it's when it's women around, bro. Yeah. Because I guarantee, if that child was all dudes, he wouldn't be saying that stuff. And that's a fact. And I, I don't, I don't know how many girls he gets, but not a lot. One, one can assume. <laughs> One one can assume um, I'm not I'm not gonna start roasting another man on here, but um, um, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, it was just like um, oh man that that stuff was just crazy. I think I said something in the group me too, yeah, because yeah. because because our professor said that that our our professor told us to like chill in the group me. Yeah. And I said, and I said, cause I'm a group me type of nigga, so I I, I like typing in groupies. Yeah. I, I like I just like talk. I just, I'm just a social dude. I just like talking in groupies. So I said, who snitched? <laughs> uh, now I, I must reveal who snitched. It was was I <laughs> that faithful day who snitched. She confronted me on the yard, and I was like, okay. Uh, this was like I think I think two days after the class. No, no, it was like a. It was, yeah, it was like two days after the class had happened, and like I went home that night and I saw the group me going crazy, and I was like, I was like, I was about to, I was ready to fight everyone, like 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 not fight them, like I could do that too, but you know verbally fight them all. Tell the tell them your uh, your uh, your credentials. Ah, oh, my credentials. Oh, in what ways? Oh, fighting. Oh yeah yes okay yeah yeah I could fight them physically. I am a third degree black belt, so that so that was that was that was gonna be easy for me. Uh, verbally, I'm pretty good at that too. Um, you know, not not to brag or anything. Was the best attorney at my high school, but that's I didn't even know trial. that. That's yeah. why you was talking about mock trial. That's why yeah. you went to help me with that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love mock trial, but um, I don't. <laughs> I I don't know, bro. It's, I mean, it's like it's like acting to me. It's like acting. Right. Like, I don't, I, don't know. I can never really get into mock trial like that. It was just um, yeah. It was just too um. It's a lot. Like, like it's, it's like it was just too much. Yeah, it's like it's like a lot. Like you have to, like it's literally like a job. Like, like you're like a lawyer that's not getting paid, and it's right. just a fake case that doesn't matter. Right. And it's like you have a thousand little like kids on the other side of the aisle that like once you accidentally forget one fact that you had to learn in two days, they're they're ready to object, 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 and right. you're done. But um, yeah, I was ready to I was ready to go off on them, and then I saw the friend, the the, the homie, the quote unquote friend, um who I ate lunch with the day before, say some stuff in the group chat, you know, saying apologizing that he even knows me, apologizing that I'm that he's on the same floor as me, you know. He's going to try to switch floors. I'm like, we stay on the opposite end of the hall, bro. Like, we stay on, like, like, bro, I'm staying at 542, bro. You're staying at 502. Like, like we're literally on the opposite ends of the hall, man. Like, and he's, like, like doing all this extra, like, I got to move floors. And I'm like, I go in the chat, and I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. So I said, and I said, I guess I'm sexist now. And they go, Yeah, you are. And I was like, What? But um, then then I said, and then then homie, homie, uh, tried to say something to me, and I was like, Okay. I was like, You fake, bro. You're literally fake. Like I, I was like, and then the women, women were like, like he's not fake for you know standing up for the truth. I was like, What? For standing up for the truth. I was like, Bro, what? Like I'm like, you know, I'm not. I, and then I told him right there, I'm not even gonna waste energy in this chat. Because I can see it's just an echo chamber, like right. you know, and I I knows what happens when a different voice speaks in an echo chamber. It's just gonna get absorbed or destroyed. It's not gonna, 
It's not going to flourish. No one's going to change change your mind. You're not going to change mine. This is just... It's like, that's my problem also with debate. Like, with a debate, no one's going in there to change someone's mind. Right. You, you never go into a debate, club, class, anything, um, with the idea you're going to change that person's mind. It's always, I just want to win. Right, right. Now, that's true. That's very true. I honestly, I've, I've found myself trying to kind of get out of that. Mm-hmm. Usually when I... Because, like, honestly, a lot of the opinions I have, um, it, it's kind of it took me a little bit, it took me a little bit of time to, uh, to unveil the, all the truths that I've, that I've come to just about life and this, this social, social economic stuff. So I, I come in with the mindset that when I talk to people, I'm going to have to change their mind. Because I used to think the same way before. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand I don't get mad when people have different beliefs than me because I'm like, it's not your fault. Yeah. You know, because your whole life you've been taught what to think yeah. instead of finding information for yourself and, and, and looking at two different pieces and two different sides of, of information and choosing what you want. Choosing choosing what actually works mm-hmm. instead of being on one side your whole life and not even looking at the other side with, with any um, with any objectivity. Um, that's... um. That's, that stuff is um, it's just crazy, bro. That's, I just couldn't believe that 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 happened. I man, I I, I wish somebody would would do that to me. <laughs> I I kind of want it to happen a little bit. Just like a yeah. little part of me. I wanna I wanna get I wanna get in, I wanna get in a debate with like hella people. I wanna get in a debate with hella people. But at the same time, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to do that because yeah. I I like people to like me because I'm just. I'm I just I'm just a friendly dude. I don't I don't like ha- having enemies, so to say. Um, I don't like ha- I don't I don't like having enemies just because not 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 saying I I can't be confrontational. Mm-hmm. And I I definitely can when the time comes. Like I'm not scared to confront anybody about about anything. But um, I I just don't I just don't like making enemies. So some so some part of me is like uh, if I want to do that. At the same time, it's like. And if I got something that I'm passionate about that I that I think is beneficial to the people who I'm telling it to, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. See, I I have to stop myself when I was reading that group chat because I was reaching a point where I was becoming. I was I was wanting to win, instead of like you know sitting there trying to show my opinion. I was wanting to win, and I was about to like burn it all to the ground. I was about to go full like, like full like I was like, you want to call me sexist? I'll show you what sexist is. Like you know like like. I was about to like you know shock and awe like go do that just go all the way uh, far right as possible. So I have to stop myself. And I say, far 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 right for what reason? Because I was just like because I was like you know like when you when you're in an argument and you start to get to that point where you're just seeing red, you don't care anymore if you're right or you're wrong. You're just like I want to be the antithesis to this person mm-hmm. and whatever they believe. You don't you don't care about what you believe. You just say, whatever they believe, I want to believe the opposite. Yeah, I, I do that with you when, when we argue about football. Well, like, I, I do it. <laughs> You've been doing that, man? I did Well, no, nah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not purposeful. It's just, like, natural. Yeah. I, I just like talking shit. Yeah. I just like, I, just, I don't know, it's just for me, like, when it comes to opinions, I, I love being the devil's advocate, dude. I, 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 I love taking that position. The bad guy. Like, not, not even the bad guy, just, just, just the dude who, who says something, who says something different. Who 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 brings something else to the table? Yeah. Just, just I like challenging people. I like challenging people's beliefs. I like testing people's beliefs. And another uh, something at Howard's, a lot of people's beliefs don't get tested. Mm-hmm. 
I've had I've had my beliefs tested. You know, that's that's why a lot of the time when I when I talk about new information that I um that I get, a lot of the time I preface it with um with like where I got it from cuz I'm not ready to um I'm not ready to have it as my own belief yet. Yeah, claim it as yours. Yeah. Cuz I'm not ready to have it as my own belief because I don't know what the other side of it is. But if it's interesting, I'll be like, okay, this is good. This is good. But it's good for it's good for the for, for the time being, you know. Yeah. But I, I I mean it could it could change, you know. My my ideas could change. I could read another book, right 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 after. Man, yeah. like I have a few books about um about uh, feminism and, and misogyny, and um I haven't read them yet. Mm. But when I, I do, I do plan on reading them because I think I need more more knowledge in that field and. And and then in women's perspective, on everything going on in our world, um, I think I've probably focused on, on on the men's, on the men's stuff. I wouldn't say too much because I'm a man, so I'm I'm gonna think of I'm gonna think of things and through the perspective of, of of a man, specifically a black man. But I think it's important to have all perspectives. But I I know when I read those books, eventually they're in my bookshelf. Um, for those who might know, um, one of them is Hood Feminism. So that's a popular one, and the other one is uh, Massage Noir. Um, but I know, my, I know, it might be hard for me to read, read some of those books, just because I know the root of feminism, and I know that it was not intended to help black women. Yeah. So sometimes I kind of get mad when, when black women are so um, adamant mm-hmm. about it, because I mean, when you look at the history of it, it's Start off as a white women's movement, and um, from and I a woman. That's that's so general truth. Um, I mean, I I talked about her in in, the, in another podcast. Uh, man, she was um she was a borderline misandrist, bro. Uh, she um there's that word. There's she, that word. Man, she she was mad when like black men got got the right to vote in 1870. She was. I'm pretty sure she was a. She was a critic along with the white men, women in the feminist movement. She was. She was a. She was a critic. I'm not gonna sit up here and call her a misandrist because um, I don't think I have enough. I don't think I have enough information to yeah. uh, to to give that opinion. But I don't know. So that 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 stuff kind of that stuff kind of shook me when she was saying stuff like black men didn't didn't deserve to vote and all that type of stuff. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. that's, that's actually. That's actually crazy, but um, um, where, where where was I talking about before? I kind of I kind of got lost in, in my thoughts. Just yeah, just talking, just having just having different different beliefs. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, I think it's important. I mean, if you listen to this, if if you're a, if you're a sage, you know, of the Black Lotus, I, I I know you're I know you're an open open minded individual, and if and if you're not, you know, I think it's important to always test your beliefs and just just expand your mind, bro. Expand your mind. I'm not even trying to be no 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 like preacher teaching ass dude, bro. I'm just I'm just talking about what about what I've experienced in my life and in my mm-hmm. journeys and my journey that I that I went through and that I'm still going on with uh with knowledge yeah and stuff like that. But uh, where were we? Oh yeah, because uh we're telling that story. But yeah, it was it was right after the the uh me reading that group chat of the friend. And then I saw her two days on the yard, the teacher two days later on the yard, and I was like, okay, all right, this is my time to snitch. 
This is this is my time to six nine this thing and get out of here. But didn't you say you talked to her for like two hours on the yard? Yeah, she she literally um she stopped me on the yard for um because we were about to go to Blackburn, and so that that closes I think at what is it seven thirty or yeah. seven or something. I think it was at eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, she then she stopped me like Blackburn two. is another cafe by the way. Yeah. Plus, another cafeteria. But she stops me, um, there like around six or something, and we're sitting on the yard talking, and I'm, I'm with. I'm with some of my friends at the time, and you know, they're sitting there just waiting for me the entire time. And then she, she, um, she just sits there. She goes, "Him, him, him. He's the one." Like in front of like this group of people, she goes, "Him." Pulls me to the side, like doesn't let me leave. Sits there and talks to me for two hours, and is trying to like convince me that I'm wrong or something, and that that my point of view of the world is skewed, which I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say like it can't be because it's possible. You know, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. You know, that wasn't. You know, it's not a one-time occurrence of me being wrong, but I, I just said, in in that instance, I believe that she misinterpreted what I said, cause she heard what she wanted to. Right. But um, yeah. So we ended up talking for a bit, and I was like, yeah. I mean, but then I tell her, hey, you can't, you can't really sit there and like lead an orchestra and like lead this mob against me, because you see what's happening. Like you see what's happening. You're not, you're not leaving. This isn't a debate. This is like a lynching. Like, like this is what you're doing. Like, right. and I show her. And um, then she, like, you know, does a little thing, like, hey, can we not do that anymore in class or whatever? And, you know, the infamous who snitched from you. It was I. It was I. It was I who snitched. But uh, that, that was just a, that's just a very interesting, like, I guess, case study to look at when I, when I think about, like, my first freshman year at Howard. It was definitely the, my highest social point of, with everyone. But, right. um, that was just, um. I think it was. I think it was probably worse too because freshman year you don't know a lot of people like that. Exactly. So you don't have as much of like a, a sense of a sense of self. Just just because you're also younger, but you're at you're at like you're at a different place across the country. Mm-hmm. You know you might not you don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of friends yet. You know you don't know a lot of people. So it's like damn like. And one thing I don't think I've ever told anyone is I was like really worried about like when people would look at me in the cafeteria because I was worried like I got. Like I wasn't really connected on Twitter, so I was I was kind of worried that like oh darn did they like blow me up on Twitter like mm. my, my everything and I was like is this why the people are looking at me and I'm like kind of got like like nervous and a bit fearful of that because I was like dang am I known as that sexist guy now? Um, funny enough, you know some of the girls from that class you know ended up like like trying to trying to talk to me. It was just so uh, then they told me that they gave me a pity speech. They were like we don't think you're sexist because of you we think you're sexist because of your parents and i was like okay all right yeah yeah don't don't even worry we won't be talking anymore homie see wait when when you say like try to talk to you mean like try to talk to you in like a in like a like like i'm trying to mess with you type of way yeah yeah yeah. like trying to like like trying to you know do what adults do man hey hey, here's the one thing if 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 you're a man and and you're trying to get girls you will never lose any brownie points with women if you speak your truth, because women deep down respect that shit. They respect a man who stands on his shit, who stands on his morals, and has integrity. So do do not be afraid to do anything in your life because you are afraid of how women are going to react. Because I promise you, there are plenty of women who love. Because, like, I mean, that's those are characteristics of, of a strong masculine man. That's the type, type of dude women want, you know. Like, if, if you were to back down, you know, it's, like, not as attractive, but, like, that, that's one of the things I don't know. I remember um, I I told I was just talking to, to this one girl one time, and um, I was just having a conversation with her about um. 
What was I talking about? Uh, like something about gender dynamics, something like that. And, and she tried to take pity on me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, pities. I, I like it's like, and and that's bro, that shit rubbed me the wrong way. Like yeah, that, that stuff made me really mad. That that stuff like infuriated me. I'm like, are you serious? I I don't I don't like show anger that much. I'm the type to do. I I just I I I note it in my head. Keep moving on. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not the type to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yell and scream and and get mad, get all emotional and stuff like that. I just I know it in my head. I you know, I, I remember it. I just remember it. I remember it for like future, future endeavors, future references. But I'm like, that's honestly one thing that I hate in life. I think that's that's. I don't know if that's a man thing, but I I hate pity. Yeah, because I mean, like when girls do that, like when you have like a different opinion, it, it almost seems more to me like. They're looking for an excuse to give themselves the okay to continue talking to this guy. Right. It's like, like, like you're so scared of having a different opinion. You're giving him an excuse. You're making up one in his head, and then you're trying to force that excuse onto him and make him accept it. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna accept your little pity basket. I'm not gonna do that. That's 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 literally disrespectful. Like, right. Because it kind of infers that you have no control of your life. Mm-hmm. It's like you believe. Um, you believe, oh, what you believe, you know, you, you didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't work hard to like to like come to those conclusions. You, you didn't read anything. You, you, you just been misinformed. Yeah, you've been fed. It, you, you, you've been fed. It. It's not your fault. And stuff like that. When I when I hear that, especially for like me personally, all the, all the work that I've put into like like know what I know, and then you're just saying it's it's not my fault. Like yeah, no, it's my fault that I think like this. And don't act like it's not. Don't, don't, don't try to pity me. I that's the one thing. That's the one thing that. Oh, that stuff will make me mad if if I if I try to get pitied, bro. That's that pisses me off, bro. That's, it hasn't happened a lot, but when when it does, just I don't know, cause I don't know. As as a man, you want to, and obviously some men are more controlling than others, but but you still want to feel in control of the situ- of whatever situation you're in in your life. You know, whether this that, that comes with anything, anything in life, you want to you want to feel like you're in you're in control of it. And when somebody comes at you and says you're not in control, yeah, you kind of get, or yeah. tries to do something for you oh. when you can do it yourself. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, a, I'm not a I'm not a prideful person when someone wants to do something for me. But you know, I don't like it when they do it wrong. Like like if you're gonna do something, at least do it the way I do it. Like like don't 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 get up there and do it like like halfway or like not the way I would do it. But yeah, right. That's that's actually that's actually crazy. And another thing that's bad about Howard. Is that our school is like seventy six percent women, yeah. So that 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 intensifies the echo chamber, and when you're like on Twitter, Instagram, a lot of the same opinions are regurgitated because those. I that's was, what that's what the algorithm's gonna feed the users. That's what's gonna feed the user, and that's what, um, that's just what's popular to believe. So people are all gonna believe that same stuff, and um, it just becomes very toxic because people don't even want to listen. Yeah. each other no more that that and that's not a Howard problem that's that's a problem in general in our country people are people don't want to listen to each other or even understand why somebody believes 
what they believe so passionately, even no matter how ignorant or wrong you think it is, like, um, unless unless somebody's like racist, you know, yeah. I think you know there there are reasons why people believe what um what they what they believe. I'm for the um, I guess the advancement of knowledge with the you know figuring out why people believe what they believe, but then there's the point where it's like. People also use that, you know, like, like Tucker Carlson is probably like the biggest one who like uses that, like that, like, you know, let's understand the other side. You know, he does the, the questioning, you know, why would, um, you know, God fearing good citizen Americans, you know, like go up to the Capitol and storm it? What is the reasoning? Why did they feel the need to fly, you know, up to 1,200 miles from their home, leave their families behind and fight for their country? Why? And it's like it's not even like those type of like i guess you know exploring or plundering for knowledge is not it's not really you know it's 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 disguised but it's really more so pushing an agenda i'm i'm i'm, I'm glad you said that i'm glad you said that cuz that's facts that's facts like that's that he i mean we i mean everybody knows um fox fox news the, the type of ideologies that that they represent he's just pandering to to to, to the audience mm-hmm. to, to the crowd and i don't know i'm for me personally i don't I don't like any any big news um, network. I I think all that I think all, it's all it's all a sham because yeah. it's it's not like it's not like in the seventies when like news was it was a business but it was just like it was mandatory. There was like one news channel. Mm. It wasn't a lot of news channels, so the news was just straight up. This is what happened. There's no opinion. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. Take how you want from it. Come to your own conclusion. But now these Media companies like CNN, MSNBC, Fox, and they want you to. Um, they're 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 telling you what to think. They're telling you what to think and not how to think. You know, and not and not how to think. And I just think that's. I mean, that's that's just an, a disadvantage of, of capitalism, um, in America. You know, people are gonna sell out to that almighty that almighty dollar. Yeah, it's like that. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to look at it's just it's just very interesting like you know like when like the death of George Floyd it's like you know you go to CNN it's like innocent man George Floyd kneeled on by you know police brutality all this other like these are the like the headlines um, and then you go to Fox it's criminal man who punched a pregnant lady in the stomach right right exactly while high on drugs gets murdered I mean gets uh, you know taken down by trying, a police officer right trying, trying to justify it a man's death because officer how long the officer how long was his knee on his neck for eight minutes 26 seconds i'm not sure something like that how do you how do you justify that bro how do you you justify that and it's like i mean for me personally i'll say i probably i probably align with the i'll probably align with the propaganda cnn is pushing as opposed to fox news but i i still think i still think it's all like it's all a sham um i don't know i think I don't know. Just do do your own research, bro. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Look, the people aren't gonna do that. And a lot of the thing, a lot of their audiences, like, especially older people. Yeah, my dad's one of them. Like older, <laughs> yeah. And my and my grandma was one of them. And so it's like you know you you know how that goes. Like my my grandma, are you like my uncle about about like COVID and all that stuff? It's just it's always funny. Five G rays, all this other stuff. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, yeah. My dad is he loves him some Rachel Maddow. I I never really understood like how people. What is what is so gravitating about that stuff, bro? I'm I'm really not sure. I feel like it's um, 
it's more so uh, i feel like as we get older we kind of you know we begin to like lose things you know like vision sight mobility like we hearing a bit you know we begin to lose things so i guess it's this kind of like this a different way to claim power or a sense of like feeling back it's just mm. kind of like being involved in politics and i'm not sure why it is that older people more so gravitate towards like you know actually being involved in government and voting and all this stuff but i guess that's the only way they feel they can actually claim that power back right because um, like we don't care like we're out here like you know like living our lives i'm not gonna send in a mail-in ballot to dallas right now like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna send one to california it's right like now. And it's like, I kind of like, I'm like, I already know the result. Like, what's, I know he's going to, you know, win or lose. It's like, I'm that's, already... well, that's, that's very insightful. I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how they feel like that's, that's how they have their power. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm working for, I mean, I'm interning with a political campaign in, um, in this area. Um, and something that, that they said to us was um, like one third of the voters are above, are above like the age of 60. Another third is above the age of fifty. Oh yeah, that's two thirds already. And then the other third is like under fifty. But like the people who are voting are, are the older people, because mm-hmm. that's that's where they feel like their their power is. You know, as you know, you're not as mobile anymore. It's not it's not like for, it's not like if you're for me, I can I can go outside and and walk around and then talk about what I want to talk about. You you can't do that when you're old anymore. You you you, you kind of lose that you lose that that power in that sense. I mean, I also kind of like. It's very interesting because it's like, you know, the elders, you know, like, like, a more like uh, a lot of Native American tribes, the elders are like the ones, the chiefs, the ones who like make the decisions for the tribe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of in America, it's kind of interesting that the young ones like, you know, don't care. Maybe a reason that the elders were in charge in those tribes is because the younger ones were, you know, they were too busy hunting. They were too busy, you know, right. like living their young life, you know. So I just find it, find it a very interesting like parallel to see that it's it's still like. Throughout society, it's normally always the elders who are controlling, like or who have the like the power, the voting power to tell what the tribe does. I mean, that's I mean that that's still how it is now because I mean, um, a lot of politicians are, are older. Oh yeah, like shit, Joe Biden. How old is he? Like seventy, like 79, something like that. Man, he was born during World War Two. Yeah, like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And speaking of World War Two, Queen Elizabeth just had her um. She had like her seventy, her seventieth. It's it, like I think like last week or like this week was the seventieth anniversary of her coronation. Oh, I was about to say I know she ain't seventy that old, bad. No, that's, <laughs> nah, she's coronated in nineteen fifty two. And if, can you, bro? Can, bro, that's crazy. Nineteen fifty two. Winston Churchill was alive. Um, the the United States and Soviet Union were in the middle of the Cold War. Um. Like that stuff is crazy. Like the Korean War was still going on. She's seen a lot. Like she has seen so much, and that's when she was coordinated. Like she, bro, bro, can you imagine? She literally lived in a time to where like they were scared of Hitler. I'm not gonna lie, I'd be so mad if I was her kids. Like, like if I can't become king because you won't die. Like, <laughs> bro, don't say that. Don't say that, bro, bro. It's like. When when I when I say scared of Hitler, like I mean scared of Hitler in real time, yeah. like they didn't know if they was gonna win or not, type type shit. They didn't know if they was gonna win. They was like, is he gonna take over the world? It's like, what is Imperial Japan gonna do? Like they was they actually lived through that. That's like we sitting here living through COVID. Like, <laughs> is, is COVID going in? 
I mean, I, like, yeah, it, it got to, it got to. Because during World War Two, Britain was getting blitzed by Germany, like bombs every every night, every day, and they they lived through that. I mean, hence that's where blitz comes in football. Blitz, you know. Oh wow! Like the, the full name of it is Blitzkrieg. Yeah, Blitz. Okay, yeah, I know Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg. Um, but like that's that's crazy, man. These. These old old people ruling the world, man. Yeah, they do. And I, I'm I'm not gonna get on this, all this conspiracy shit, but that's just what we see. Um, yeah, that's just what we see. <laughs> that that's 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 just what we that's just what we see, <laughs> and that's what we're allowed to see. That's what we're allowed to see. We're told, man. I I, I read I read one page of um, Behold the Pale Horse. Were you in the room when I read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, yeah. I know. Yeah, man. For for those who don't know, Behold the Pale Horse is a book written by a, a former CIA agent who um who just who decided to spill all the beans. Um he he predicted a few things. He he came, he rose to fame because in the nineteen seventies he predicted a few things. Um that eventually came to light in the nineteen eighties. And um yeah, he wrote a book just about all all types of conspiracies like UFOs, secret societies, um Assassinations, all that, all that type of stuff. And I'm not gonna lie, bro. Knowledge is great and all. But I, I don't know if I can read that book. I have it in my bookshelf, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, do do I really want to know that? You will. Yeah. It's like you know, like when you read something like that, it's like you always look at something differently. Like you'll never like, like it's like, it's like how like when you are introduced to a new place, it's like you see it a certain way, but then once you get used to it, you you can't see it. How you saw it the first time, no matter what you. Right, think. it's like, okay, for example, when we went to, um, I don't. Have you been to Gavin's Curly yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, when I first went there, I was like, okay, this feels kind of new. I'm not used to it. But the more I go over there, the more I feel comfortable. Yeah. And it's probably for you when you came, when you first came here. Yeah, there was like things I definitely didn't see, didn't understand. It was like, okay, this is new. But now I'm just like, okay, I know exactly where everything. It's, is. It's, it's, it's just like, like a, it's like your home. Like you're, you're, there's no place you're more comfortable and familiar with and then 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 your home and then more specifically your own room you know and and for me reading we're actually reading that book um that, that's one of the times in my life to where i kind of rather stay ignorant stay blissfully ignorant ignorant you know i don't, yeah. don't want to stay ignorant because there there is some type of some of that information because for the things that i that i want to change and the things that i believe in some of the information can can be very like discouraging, because you're thinking, "Damn, is what I'm doing even worth it?" If these people are running the world, or you know, we're we're meant to be at a certain place and it can't change because of because of the vision of the anointed, yeah. as as Thomas Sowell would say. Uh, you know, I hope I hope they their their vision has me where I want to be. That's all I hope, man. If they are there. If 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 those if their if their vision is what it is what it is, then I'm I'm, I'm I don't know how long I'm gonna be on this world for. <laughs> Let's make the best of it, buddy. <laughs> make the best of it, man. Yeah, man. Hey, but nah, that that nah, I can't. I'm not gonna feed into that bullshit because that's that that's that's what they want me to think like. That's what they want me to think like because um they have always killed black leaders, black men who thought differently. And it's like a message to, to, for for future generations to not rise up and stand against it and stand against the power, I guess. 
um, because because I mean it's something that's already put into our thoughts now. I just said it right now. It's like when you, when you reach a certain point, you get murked. Mm-hmm. Now that's just in that's just in our subconscious. It's in our subconscious. But um, I mean you gotta you gotta ignore all that shit. You gotta I mean stand for what you believe in. Um, if you want to stand for it, um, at, at a bigger level, and just I mean follow follow whatever your purpose is. I mean it's also like. I don't know why this like vision just came into my head of like you know like black leaders. I kind of like like just seen them like building this this like staircase. Like like they're given like a certain amount of materials and then it's like once they build it, you know, there's only two ways down. It's like you either walk down, or you like you know you take that walk of shame down and you jump. And it's just like you know I guess you either you 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 live to be you know a shell of your former self or you die a, a hero. So that was just kind of like in my head. So I was like, you know, maybe they're given an option. Wow. That's very insightful. Damn. You live to be the hero or you die in a shell of your former self. Yeah. I, that kind of makes sense. That, that, that makes sense completely. Because, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of older black leaders now, like the older, really old ones, they aren't, um, they aren't, um, I mean, they, are, they don't talk about what they used to talk about or... They don't talk about what they should talk about. Yeah, you know, there are there are very few there are very few who who are still preaching the same things that they were preaching 30, 40 years ago. But honestly, I feel like those figures are are the ones who we don't really know a lot about. Like for example, I say um, Dr. Claude Anderson. Um, you've heard me talk about him a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's one of my yeah, <laughs> that's one of my one of my favorite. Black authors just because of things that he's taught me because he's I see the I see the world in America in a different way because of him and but unfortunately a lot of his ideas aren't um, known by a lot of people because he's he's ignored by both sides of the media the right and the left because when you're when you're as pro-black as he is that that doesn't fit any agenda mm-hmm. that, doesn't, that doesn't fit any agenda that that's why I don't that's why I don't really align myself with any political party because I don't, I don't think both parties have the best interest of black people at um at at, at the forefront. Um, it's just like I don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy. That's that can be controversial for some people, and I just it's just so obvious. I think obviously there are other issues that that um that that Democrats stand for, like um like abortion that are that are that I mean I'm I'm pro I'm pro choice. But like, that's 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 not the issue that um, you know I don't think even when like there was the the quote unquote you know great political like shift like I don't think Democrats have ever been against abortion. Um, well, because even back when they were you know like pro segregationist or whatever it was. I mean, abortion was pushed in black communities. Right. So, like, I felt like they've always supported abortion no matter what. Oh, that's nice. That's true. That's true. They probably, yeah, they definitely have. But, I mean, abortion was definitely a lot harder to, like, do. Yeah. Abortion? Um, hold on. I'm about to look this up on my phone right now. I really want to know. I want to know when, when was abortion, um, when was abortion, uh, was abortion normalized or 
should I say legalized? Or not because yeah. you know, like okay, it was legalized in 1973. Um, when was abortion first practiced in America? Okay. Okay. It's okay. Well. I mean, okay, abortion was, like, made legal in 1973 because of Roe v. Wade. Okay, that makes sense, 1973. But, I mean, it was always legal before. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Democrats were probably definitely um, in in favor of it um, because it was made to kill black black babies. Yeah. That was, that, that's, control that's, the population. I mean. yeah, you can control the population, eugenics. And, um, even um, the Nazis, the Nazis did that shit, too. They wanted to control the population. I think I think you said in an earlier conversation we had like it was what we've always like consistently been in like thirteen percent of the total population, right, or something like that. And it's just like whereas other communities have came in and like flourished and like right. It's like that for a reason. A lot of people don't uh, know that. Like we we've always it doesn't make sense how we've been twelve um, percent of the population since slavery ended. Like that. That doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense at all. It's basically because because black because black genes are are dominant over white genes because white genes are recessive. Like black black features and genes are are, are the dominant are dominant. So it wouldn't make sense for us to be still twelve. It, yeah, it does not. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense for us to be still twelve. That that doesn't make sense at all. It's basically because ninety percent of Hispanics. Um, came have came to America within the past fifty years, sixty years. Sixty was that nineteen eighty? No, no, no. Mid nineteen sixties. Mid nineteen sixties. Off there. Yeah. Nineteen eighty. I need to go back. Mid nineteen sixties. That's that's when um a lot of a lot of Hispanics started coming to America. But I, I'm pretty sure there might. I don't know if there there might be more of them than us now. Oh, for sure. There definitely has to be. Yeah. I mean, some would identify as white. Right. And another thing that people don't know is that Africans weren't allowed to come to America until 1965. Wow. That I did not know. Yeah. Wow. I, I they, There might have been a few, but there was like a very, very small quota on how much we're allowed to come here. That doesn't make sense, though. There was a very small quota. So that does fit with that time period of wanting to keep the population small. Right. And you also have to take into account that um, European immigrants were allowed to come here, though. Mm-hmm. Like Irish, Polish, German. Wow. They were allowed to come here. And eventually, they just assimilate into society. I wonder how it would have... Like, I wonder... Nah, they would have probably definitely stopped. Like, I'm just thinking, like, thinking, like, what if they hadn't stopped it? But they would have definitely stopped it during that time. They would have probably thought, you know... Malcolm X was building an army with like an immigrant African immigrants or something. Right, right. No, they they definitely would have. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, that them allowing other uh, immigrants to come here that definitely explains why we're still twelve percent of the population. Because I mean, the eighteen fifties, the Irish, the famous Irish potato famine happened, and a lot of them came to America. That's actually how John F. Kennedy's family came came to America. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of them. A lot of them coming here, and then um, from 1882 to 1892, a lot of a lot of Chinese people came to America, but then they had the the, the Chinese Exclusionary Act, which um, lasted until 
1965, I'm pretty sure. Because it was it was way too many of them coming for, for for the white people to handle, you know. Yeah. We're, we're barely dealing with the blacks right now. Yeah, we right, Asians. right, 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 right. And the Asians used to be catching shit back then too. They was, they was catching a lot. They was catching a lot. There's very, very, very prejudice against them. I mean, against any other group besides white people. Um, but like, still on. Some of them still are. Who? Asians. Asians, wait, wait. Asians are. I said some of them still are like that. You say Asians are prejudiced against black people. I mean, or any race besides, like, like them and white. Oh right. Oh man, I know that. I know that. I know that. I remember one time, uh, I went home. I was going home on the bus. This might have been. I think I haven't told you the story. No, you haven't told me any story like this. Um, I went on the. Yeah, I was on the bus. I was going home after football practice. It was like kind of late at night. Um, it was um, like five, yeah, about five years ago. I was walking on the street to my house, and um, there was an Asian lady on um, up the street. She she got off on the bus too, but I was like a little bit behind her. I might have been like, like a few houses behind her, like a few houses length behind her, mm-hmm. and, and and she switched side of the street. Um, when I she she, uh, she switched sides of the street. To go on to my to go into on the side of my house is mm-hmm. so then I eventually I I walked I walked I walked through the street I walked across the street to um, go to my house and then when I went to my house she walked back to the other side. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it's like because I'm not gonna lie I do that though. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know. I, back then I was screaming racism. I'm like, damn, these aliens racist. They, they they don't like black people. But when I think about it again. She was a woman, so she might have just been scared because I'm a man. You know, women have to be. Um, women are very cognizant of their surroundings at night because you know. They're, yeah. You know, they're women. I mean, I'm different though. I'm definitely racist. One hundred percent racist. Black yeah. people don't. I don't know. I see them walking on my side of the street. I am changing. No sir. <laughs> I I wouldn't change, but I'd, I'd definitely be. I like just for anybody in general. I look okay. at. Them, I, look, I, I, look I, I gotta them. size them up. I'm like okay. Am I more intimidated? Okay, what's my intimidation factor? I, I have to calculate in my head. All right, do rag, black Air Forces, ripped jeans. I uh, got a backpack on where I just hit a lick. Big jacket. Yeah, big jacket. Okay, I'm like my intimidation factor right now. Five eight. I'm like, okay. It's like it's like a it's like a eighty eighty four. All right, I look at them. All right, scrawny, tall, sagging jeans. Definitely no belt holding it up. Looks like you know he has a. Gigantic phone in his pocket. That could be a gun. It's like, all right, wife beater on. All right, low cut, fresh cut. This, this is a stereotype central right now. And I'm just like, uh, that's an intimidation fact. He's he's five eleven. Mm, that's intimidation fact about ninety five. I'm gonna go I'm going across the street here. I I don't know. When I was younger, when I when high school, when I was bigger, I always used to like be um be kind of happy that I was big. Because because people never fucked with me, oh. like I never got. I used to ride public transportation a lot, mm-hmm. and I never I never got. No one ever tried to rob me. I used to sleep on the train. That's a, that's a bold one right there. I used to sleep on the train because my train ride was kind of long. Yeah. It was like forty minutes, and it, right after football practice, so I was tired. I would do that, but like I'd be carrying it. You know, I'd be I'm like I don't need some random like these DC people. They scary man. They'll, they'll, they'll try to they'll they'll take your phone out of your pocket. Well, cause 
what my my tactic was I used to sleep I used to always sleep on the um, in the corner of the train I put put my head next to it either I'll put my I put my backpack in between me and the in the train because the train is dirty yeah I I rather I rather lay my head on my backpack mm-hmm. and um or if I didn't do that I would um I would put my backpack next to me because you know there's an extra chair next to me and but I would. I will put my hand in the strap. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That way, I put my hand in the strap. So, because I'm not sleeping that deep, so mm-hmm. if someone grabs my shit, I'm waking up. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. People, people always tell me that that I look intimidating. Well, you at, do at you first glance. Do. Because I, I, you got, a, you got like a mean mug on your face. I do man. have a mean mug. That's crazy. Cause when. I think people are surprised when they talk to me. They see how 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 chill and nice I am. So you so you can see when when my first interaction with you is you screaming at me about the Niners. How I'm like okay, but it was it was playful banter. That was not playful. It was I playful. Know you. you was. We invited you to our room after. LJ invited me. Oh. LJ invited me to play Madden. To play Madden. Was it to play Madden or did he invite you to watch the Seahawks game? It was to play Madden. Play Madden. And then, then then he invited me to play watch the Seahawks game. Sometime like later, I don't know when, but um, that was much later. But yeah, yeah, you you definitely have that. You got that 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 um that mug. It's like okay, all right, you know, you got that that resting rage face. Cause like I'll be walking and people some this used to happen freshman year sometimes. I'll be walking, then my friend texts me who who see me from hella far away but not close enough to like say what's up. They'll say why well, right, you met you just like Joe you good hmm. you mad I'm like yeah I'm straight. It's yeah, just because you, you be like, like eyes straight up, like focus, like looking in front of you, and then it, it, I think I think it's the the goatee or whatever, man. I'm gonna be honest. I might but no, this I didn't have a goatee before though. Oh, then you might have been scarier looking then. I just I don't know what it was. I know I think it's just because of how I how I walk. When I I walk kind of fast too. Oh, right, well, when you close your mouth, do you, do do your teeth touch? No, they don't. Very interesting. I don't think they do. I've never thought about that before. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, so it's just yeah. I was just I was just seeing you know because you know sometimes you know people look a bit more menacing when they have the because I mean you know when it's there's a little gap your face is a bit bigger you know it's it's, it's not like that noticeable but like 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 it does kind of change how your face it changes it changes how your face looks yeah it's like, like in its, like, in it's like, resting in its resting face stage very slightly like like so it does make some some people look a bit more you know serious versus you know there there's like a like a centimeter gap between their teeth right right mm. that's interesting i don't i don't know bro i always i always am able to tell when people have a gap mm-hmm. some people like thankfully i don't oh i don't want to say thankfully but i don't have like a big ass gap very 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 you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you also you also be putting your hands in your pocket Doing like a little shady look to the side, you know, left, right look, and you you start walking, you know, you walk with like you gotta like you don't walk with like you have a purpose, you walk with like 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 on a mission, not a purpose, on a mission. That's on a what mission. Man, because I be trying to get places, man. I, when I when I walk somewhere, I'm on a mission. Yeah, I I try to I, I try to be as intimidating as possible because I don't want people to talk to me. Like I don't want people saying what's up. But I'm kind of mad because I'm the opposite. I don't want people to talk to me. I want people to like, say, like think it's okay to like talk to me, you know, think it's cool. But um, 
That's unfortunate. Maybe well, we need to oh, switch bodies. Well, well when, when, when I'm walking around Howard or something. Yeah. In public, it's like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look like a teddy bear, so no one, everyone's like, ah, uh, loser. <laughs> Like no one cares. No, I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm not gonna. It's like I'll say what's up to little dude right there. Like, like he's a little midget. That's okay. You know, like, like no one's gonna be scared to be here. But you know, the lots, the lots around around here, they're kind of fearful of me. You know? Man, I was reading. Um, I was reading a book by uh, Amos Wilson today. This is about about that the psychology of black on black violence and how it ties to white supremacy. And he was saying that white white people automatically look at black people as um as criminals they're, they're just waiting for us to do something <laughs> I knew they're gonna do it they're just, wa- <laughs> they're just waiting for us to fuck up <laughs> i mean if, if you're white listening to this um i i'm sure you don't think of us that way um but just it's just like a general a general thing you gotta, gotta put a disclaimer because i do not hate white people um, yeah, i don't hate white people you know i'm, I'm part white somewhere huh well, aren't we all? We are all some type of white. Yeah. It was, it may not be, you know, wanted, but it's there. Right, right, right. But um, what was I about to say? I wanted to talk about um, your talk about your your career path that that you decided that that new journey that you decided to embark on. Yes, yes, yes. I have decided to. Be the best actor in the world, the greatest of all time. The goat of acting is the goal, and you know, maybe the goat of comedy. It's a little side goal. I'll eventually get there. You know. Hey, y'all, y'all need to hear Jamal's stand-up routine. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, you know, don't work out the kinks. I, I think um, I'm gonna try to go again this upcoming Monday. For real? Yeah, if you wanna come. All right, cause this is gonna next Monday might gonna be like my last Monday out here. Yeah, so yeah. I leave on the thirteenth. Yeah, so you definitely gotta check. Oh, out. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pull up oh, Monday. I, I was gonna record a podcast on Monday. I, I can tell him Tuesday. You know, I'm, I'm free on both days. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, I, I guess I can talk about how I, I I came to the decision. Originally, my major here was um, poli sci. So this yeah. is about to be some some backstory into Jamal here. Um, originally, my major was poli sci, but um, but you know, I I had done acting in high school and I really loved it and it was something I enjoyed a lot. And then I got in because uh, my, my how I applied to Howard was very last minute. Um, when I was applying for colleges, I didn't even think about doing an HBCU um, until like originally there was this random like black teacher from the school like the middle school across my street who like let me in randomly one day when it was raining. So it's like really like super circumstance. And my mom was late. So it was like everything just went perfectly for me to meet this dude, right. and he was like, "My brother, you gotta go for uh, you gotta go for an HBC. You gotta do some, you know." Then he goes, uh, "Brother Wade, who was like my um, accounting teacher over there, he said he went to Morehouse with me, and I was like, oh, okay." Um, and I was like, "Whatever, whatever. I'll, I'll throw some HBCUs on there." And then I was like, "Yeah," and then um, I went home. That was like in December when I talked to him. I, I and then was the. Uh, I didn't apply to Howard to literally the final day, which was February 16th. I was applying at 11.57. And literally one minute in, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to do acting. And then I clicked on the acting major, and it said, uh, it said you have to record an entire, like, 
you have to record like uh, monologues and send it in and all this stuff. I was like, ah, it's too much work. I don't got time for this. Wait, I got applied on the same day. <laughs> I applied on the same day. <laughs> bro, I did not know I was gonna go to Howard, bro. And, like I applied to hella PWIs. Um, I was gonna go play football at Pacific in Oregon. I might have gone to University of Oregon just to be a regular student. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so glad I'm I'm at where I'm at right now. But continue your story. Yeah, but um, so oh, wait, and Howard accepted me. Yeah. On just I did not think I was gonna get accepted. <laughs> I was like, damn, I got to Howard. And it's, it's not like I didn't think I was accepted. I didn't think I was gonna get accepted because I wasn't smart or anything. Because I, 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 I think I'm an intelligent person, but um, I was just I and I think I deserve to to be here. But I just think I didn't think I would get. I didn't think my grades in high school were, were good enough. Yeah. But continue your story. Um, but yeah, so it's like 11:58, and I'm like, I'm like, man, homie said apply to some HBCUs because I'm like, man, I do not want to go to University of Houston right now, and um, that's probably where I was gonna go and, and like. SMU was really like the dream school at that point, but there's like another reason I didn't get into there um, that I'll, I'll talk about in a bit. But anyways, I applied to like, I was so like ignorant about HBCUs. Like I applied to Morehouse, I applied to Spelman. Uh, they're still emailing me this to this day for the rest of my information to finish the application. Like I, it wasn't until like a week later as I was like looking up these random schools I applied to and I was like, oh, what? Or I was like, then I said, oh, Spelman's an all-girl college. I was like, wow. Okay. Spelmanite. Yes. Jamal Richardson. Yes. I was like, I did not know that. But, um, yeah, so I, so I was just applying there. Applied there last minute. Um, put it as poli because I was like, I'm not going to go to this school. I'm not probably not even going to get in. I don't care if they let me in. Talking about Howard? Yeah, and I was like, whatever. And then um, I get this random email, like, in the middle of May. Like, as I'm getting ready for prom and, like, senior picnic and stuff. And it's just this super random email that's, like, congratulations with Howard, like, a Howard gate on it. Like, I didn't know. what I just thought it was, like, the pearly gates or something stupid like that. But it was, like, I, I've seen the gates now. But uh, it's congratulations. And I was, like, what? And then I go to my college counselor. He's a dick. Hate him. Absolutely hate him. Juan Hart. Never mind. I'm not going to say his full name. But that, <laughs> that, that douchebag. Um, uh, he was, like... You want to go to HBCU? Why? And I was like, huh? I was, yeah. He what? Was he black? No, he was Mexican. He said you want to go to HBCU? He said like for real? Yeah, he for real said that stuff. He was real disrespectful to me, man. Um, I like nobody in my like class really liked him, and I got some. I got I got plenty of beef with him, man. Like how he was helping our Valley Victorian man, and like our Valley Victorian ended up going to like UTD. He didn't even go to like this uh, Ivy UCD. League. University of Texas at Dallas, not even okay. like the biggest one. It was like it's just like he kept helping him, like he kept trying to get him into Rice University, and they kept denying him. But he kept doing that. He kept ignoring the rest of the class, which was so aggravating because he didn't send my information in for SMU, which is where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So like he really was hurting us. Like even and the Victorian was enabling this stuff to happen because he wasn't happy and didn't want to speak up for himself and tell him he just wanted to go to UTD. But anyways, that's 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 a little tangent. I had to get off my chest right there. Does he go there now? Who? The Victorian. Uh, yeah, he goes to UTD. He doesn't go to. He, he's still. He's staying where he is. Okay. He, he has a very interesting life. I can tell you that later. But um, <laughs> what he's doing right now. Um, but yeah. So he's like, uh, why or whatever. And then I'm like, uh, just I was just saying. I, I'm like asking, did I get in? He's like, of course you got in. Isn't that obvious? And I was like, bro, I, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. It literally says congratulations. Everyone else either gives you a handwritten letter. Or something. I'm not a handwritten, but like you know, typed letter mm-hmm. or an email. And I'm like, so this is so confusing. You said yeah. I was in the middle of May. 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because how are they handing out decisions in like, like March, April? <laughs> I got my decision on like like March thirtieth or something, and I thought my decision was late. I thought they, I thought mine was super late. I was like, because I, I had a lot of friends who got denied or accepted, um, and I was like, damn, I, because I didn't send, I didn't send in, I did some stupid ass shit. Like I didn't send my, um, I didn't send my social security number or something like mm. that. Like I didn't put it on my form. Yeah. There's I something something with the, with the tax stuff. I didn't put it there, so I was like, yeah, I'm not. Right, well, I guess I'm not going. Howard's not even an option. I didn't even do their supplemental essay, and I thought that was required. I thought that was a required essay. I just hit submit. I was like, they're letting me submit this, and I. I don't think I did the supplemental essay. So uh, I don't think I did. But yeah, so um, it wasn't it, not even there. I knew I went to go to Howard. Um, or I I never knew I wanted to go to Howard. But it was this this guy this 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 kind of douche guy. We'll call him uh JJ JJ. Um, I I was um, you know J, JJ and I had an interesting relationship. It was just very, it was more like rivalry kind of, but not really, you know, it was just kind of like side rival, you know, in the show. Um, but anyways, I showed him this and like, he, he's like the, the cockiest guy in the school. Like, like he's the most like annoying guy in the school. So I showed him the, the email and he was like, he was like, I was like, I got into Howard. And he was like, well, no, you didn't show me. And then he, I showed him and he was like, ah, wow. And then he shut up and didn't say a word to me for the rest of the day. And I was like, that's the school. That is the school. <laughs> That's the school. That's the school. <laughs> I was like, if it shut him up, that is the school I'm going to go to. I'm not gonna lie. Was he? Was he black? Yeah. Oh yeah. So he definitely understood the importance of that in the black community. Man, I, I love telling people I go to Howard. I do. I, I love it. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and try to act humble. I, I, I love telling people that I go to Howard. When, when I when I worked at Safeway, I would always try to squeeze it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I go to school in DC, and then they ask, "What school?" Howard University. Howard University. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say Howard. I said I go to Howard University. The uh, Howard. <laughs> hell yeah! I, I love telling people that. And in high school, man, you can ask all my friends. I used to be like, hey, yeah, I'm going to Howard though. Whenever they say some slick shit to me, I'm like, yeah, you going to Howard? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't. And, 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 I, and like a lot of my like all my friends go to go to good schools, but it's just something about Howard, you mm-hmm. know. And it and it's, it just kind of, it just kind of fit me because if anybody was gonna go to Howard in my in my school, it was probably me. That's because I'm, I'm just smart black dude, mm-hmm. smart black social dude. Um, and I thought it was gonna be me, but um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You said Howard wasn't on your radar because it wasn't on mine, mm-hmm. like at all. I I knew about Howard. I I, res- I had respect for the institution. But I just never thought about applying to HBCU like that. But Howard was the Howard was the one HBCU that I applied to. That was the one that I was like, okay, let me see. Yeah. Let me see if I can go. Because I think in California, I, HBCUs aren't really as pushed as much. I think they're pushed more in Texas. Um, Texas and just regions kind of closer to HBCUs because, you know, they're mostly in the South and the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So it's more pushed in those areas. But in California, we have hella schools. We have we have a whole we have the UC system we have the state schools and schools in Oregon Seattle Arizona you know so those are the schools people have to go to but I was not trying to go to no damn UC I didn't even apply to the UC because I didn't think I would get in <laughs> but, but I think I think if I wrote it I think if I wrote a mean essay for it I think I could have got in because um the thing my my comment at the essay was was really really good that's why I think I got an hour because I think they could they could tell that I was actually like passionate about mm-hmm about what I wanted to do in my life. And I don't know what I want to do with my life. 
but I was sound like I sound like I knew something about what I wanted to do, and I, and and I and my college counselor, she was kind of known for being kind of, a, I'm not saying a dick, but she was she was very annoying amongst our class. Mm-hmm. But but, and she made everybody redo all their essays. But for oh me, yeah. But but for me, I had to redo mine like I I had to like edit mine like once. Hmm. That's how I knew my shit was good. Because yeah. I didn't. She was like, oh my god, just like that's really nice. I feel like I was like you know like. If in terms of like a football recruit, like coming out of like high school, like I was like a, I was I would be like a like a five star. I feel like I was a five star coming out of coming out of high school. But you know, I, I had that one flaw. You know, can he stay healthy? You know, can he stay healthy or something? But um, but yeah, like from there, from that point, at um, I was like the rest was history. I'm going to Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got here. And, you know, that incident happened not even a month into school. And I was like, you know, poli sci is, 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 it's not really it. It's not really it. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to contain myself here. I'm not going to, like, box myself to, like, not get canceled every week. And I'm just going to, like, you know, I was like, you know, being a lawyer, it really wasn't, like, I was like, it's cool and all. But I only said that because mock trial. And I was like, what did I really like about mock trial more than anything? And I was like, it was acting. But I, I didn't come to that realization until um, really mid, like, like the beginning of COVID. Like as soon as we got sent home, mm-hmm. I was having that thought of of um, what is it that I want to do with my life? Because I had been I had been thinking about switching that entire freshman year, so that entire twenty nineteen fall, I had been like, okay, what do I want to do? I was like, I could go back to business because I was I was I went to a business magnet school, so I've already have um, like accolades and um, college credits and business courses, mm-hmm. so. I graduate faster there, saving you, some money. You, but I was like, you would have been, you would have been a bougie ass, um, entitled ass, sob, sob motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd have been good at what I did too. Uh, sob is um, Howard School of Business, by the way. Mm-hmm. Continue. But yeah, so I was, I was at that point. I was like, okay, um, I don't know. I, I know I want to switch out of political science, and I'm like, I'm thinking of doing business. And then I, then I told my mentor at the time, I'm also thinking of acting possibly. And, you know, I ended up talking to one of the acting directors, and um, well, the, the the head of the acting department, who I believe her name was like Nawasi or Nerfeti or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to her, and like I like we had talked for a bit, and we had, I, she had gave me a tour of the building, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but then COVID hit, and she said, Hey, let me know what you want to do. Um, you know, and then I, I finally emailed her cause I finally decided during COVID cause every night during COVID I would, I'm a person who does this a lot. I, I like to night walk. I like to do night walks. Um, which if, if you see where I live, it, it's, it's, it could be dangerous. Man, man, <laughs> no, 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 let me get started. This man, Jamal had me worried for my, worried for his life last week. Cause I was, I was out, I was out handling some business and this dude, this dude, um, when I, when I come back home, he um, he's not there, you know, because he called me when I when I was out at, at this meeting I was at, um. He um he said, all right, I'm gonna be out tonight. Um, I'm gonna come back later, and it's bro, <laughs> it's like two in the morning, and I text Jamal, I'm like, bro, you good? Goes to Green. Oh my like, bro, I text one of Jamal's friends, bro, like is Jamal good? This dude Jamal was at the National Mall until how long? Four or two, two or right, bro. I was ready to call the police, bro. I was like, oh my god, I'm not trying to do this. Yeah. And they would have even so bad because Jamal is not supposed to be not living here. Not supposed to be here. It's illegal to violation. He's not supposed to be living here. So, I what am I gonna tell the cops? Like, um, 
I don't know where he stays. So what, what, what am I going to tell the trellis people that we're like? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but Man, yeah. couldn't continue your story. But yeah, so I, I like to take night walks, which um, I guess if, if I was from like North Dallas, that wouldn't be the safest thing to do. But I'm from I'm from Oak Cliff, so it's not that bad. And I would just sit there every night, and I would sit there, and I would like look up at the sky and like the stars, and just like like think about what I wanted to do and what I seen myself being, and like what I was happy doing. And, and it really just came to me like I was happiest acting. And like when I went out there at night, and I thought about the future, I thought of myself as an actor. I thought of myself as a successful actor, the best actor, the greatest actor. And, and it was every night I did that, and I was like, I, I would. It would be a crime to sit there and do that to myself, to sit there and get an accounting degree and be an accountant and hopefully work up the partner for the rest of my life because that's not something I enjoy. I don't think about it. I wouldn't have fun. It wouldn't be a meaningful life for me. So I was like, like every night, like I, I would just go out there and I would think about being an actor. And I finally just, you know, got the courage to sit there and say, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna, you know, let fear rule my life here. I'm gonna go for what I want. I'm gonna go for what I dream of. And that's when I said, all right, I'm gonna be an actor. And I'm gonna do it and whatever. And I did my research. I, I, I had done my, all my research at the time, you know, um, the acting scene in Dallas, all that jazz and stuff. And like, like how long it takes, you know, what should I be expecting? I had done that, I had contacted people. I had called like uh, people at conservatories to give me pointers and things like that and tips so I, I had well done, done the research well and it was when I came back and it was the not not came back but it was the the fall 2020 semester so I was trying to like switch my major and I've been emailing people and I've been emailing Dr. Nerfetti like all summer and um she hadn't been responding so then I finally looked up the site which I probably should have done much earlier but I realized she was she, she was on sabbatical she's no longer with Howard um basically is there anything? Dr. Nefetti. Okay. But um, she had no longer, she's no longer with Howard. And I was like, okay, well, that was the person I was talking to. That was the person I was going to, you know, audition with and all this stuff. And now I have to talk to this person in Kim Bay and Dr. Ruffin. And I was like, who are these people? So I'm like emailing, like, I'm like CCing everybody in the acting department. Like, hey, how do I get, how do I do this? How do I do this? And they're like, uh, you know, our last call audition was like two weeks ago. You should have did it then. I was like, okay. And I was like, I was like, well, what can I do now? They're like, you have to wait till next year. And I was like, okay, fine, sure. Um, next year comes, I apply. Um, something's wrong with my email, so they're not sending me the right reply. But anyways, it's like two or three months, and this is also some BS that's going on with Howard that we don't have to talk, get into, or anything. But um, I get denied, and I don't find out until two months after I was supposed to find out. So I basically wasted two months of my life waiting on a response. And I was like, it shouldn't take this long to read a reply. Like, it shouldn't right. take this long. Um, and then I applied again. Um, when I get down here, and this is 2021 fall, and this is where I run into so many problems with Howard. Like, like there's a random debt on my account. There's like... That's like when I, you're at Hobart. Yep, that's where I'm at Hobart. I'm like basically homeless. I barely find housing at the last second. And I'm also here. I don't have money. I, I, I have to find a job because my parents can't help me pay for the housing. I have to pay for it myself. Like, everything is coming out of pocket. Like, if I want to eat, it's me. If I want to, like, live, it's me. Like, every like my parents need zero help at this point. Um, so, on top of that, I get denied again once I apply in August, which is, like, I'm, like, you know, whatever. I've been denied once. 
And, you know, and at this point, I also met up with Dr. Bay because I, I, Professor Bay, I don't believe she's a doctor, but I met up with Professor Bay and I, I started talking with her and um, she was quite disrespectful, very disrespectful to me. Um, I'm not sure if she was annoyed at the amount of emails I sent because I sent over 70 emails <laughs> to her and like everyone in that department. So I'm not sure if she was annoyed with that or what, but um, she had, she was very hostile towards me. And she said two things to me that I, I will never, ever, ever forget in my life. It was, um, she looked at me straight in my face and she said, are we sure acting is what we want to do? And I was like, okay, all right, mm, okay. And I was about to respond to that. No, actually it wasn't that. She said that later. No, she said that to begin. And I was like, okay. And, and I told her immediately, um, yeah, I'm sure I've done the research. I've looked at everything. I, I've done all the prerequisites. I know what I want to do. Like, like don't sit there and like patronize me and tell me that I, I, I am just like, this is some like whim, something on the wind. I know what, what it is. But, you know, I, I chalked it out in my head because I was like, well, you know, when you're introducing a new product to the market, you know, like I kind of seen it like a business, like when you're introducing a new product to the market, um, the people people don't know about the product you know people don't don't know if the product's good so you know you have to tell them why they should buy the product so i'm like okay maybe it's like that i'm an untested person you've never seen me yet that's fine but then also in my in that same thought i was like this is a school it's a college you're supposed to teach me right you're supposed to teach me it doesn't matter if i'm the best or the worst it matters if i have potential right so that's the thing you're supposed to be looking at and the second thing she said to me after that in our conversation was, sometimes our heart's in the right place, but are we in the right place? And I thought about that for all of two seconds. All of two seconds I thought about that in my head. And that was the most disrespectful thing I think she could have ever said to me. I like, and I still look at it and I try to like, I try to like, like not, not, you know, villainize her right now. And I try to think it's, it's positive. She was saying it's positive. Maybe I, she's not the right person I should be talking to. But what I took that as is um, you're saying it doesn't matter how much how much passion, how much care, how much I want to hone it. It doesn't matter the need that I have to, to get this urge out. I will never be good enough. You will never be good enough. You are not here. You Your heart can be there, but I can't teach you. You know what I'm like? I'm like... In my head, I'm like, that's crazy. That's absolutely ludicrous. Because it's like the one thing your job is as a professor is to teach, right? To teach. So I feel like it was a crime. And, and then I asked her just straight up. Because I asked her straight up again in her face, can I be in the program? She looked at me and said, no. I was like, okay. All right. It's fine. No problem. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. But I took that conversation with her. It's just one of the most disrespectful meetings I've ever had in my life. Because that's just... That was ridiculous. I feel like as a professor, as a teacher, it's like it's got to be a, a crime as, as an educator to sit there and see someone so willing to learn, someone so wanting to learn and sit there and tell them no. Right. Right. That's that's actually um, it's a shame on her for real, because I feel like as an educator or just somebody who is who, who does something, you you need to see like if. If there is passion there, there is there is potential. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like how I told you. Um, like for, for those who don't know, Jamal has lost how many pounds did he lost? Um, one eighty 
week right now? Damn. Oh my god, you're even less than I thought. But yeah, yeah, Jamal, that's how many that's like almost thirty. Cause how much did you weigh at your height? It was two seventeen. Two seventeen. Right. So okay. Jamal has lost um thirty pounds since um since since September, but you really put a lot of work in while you're staying here because of our gym and stuff like that. And 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 I lost weight too during COVID. And when Jamal told me he wanted to lose weight, I was like, "You're gonna do it," because I know what it looks like. I, I I know I know what it looks like when somebody has that that urge and that will to to do it. I I know what it looks like. I know exactly what it looks like. I was like, Jamal, you're you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. You know, I I told him it's gonna it's gonna take some time. You know, it's it's a slow process, but eventually it'll happen. And I feel like as an educator, something like that is. If you can see somebody wants it, mm-hmm. you should at least try to cultivate it. Yeah, you should at least try to try to cultivate that skill. If if you're like how how is how are you gonna say that? How are you gonna say? Yeah, um, is your your heart might not be in the right place? Are we not in the right place when when you're when you're when your field is a is a subjective field? Acting is subjective. Exactly. A- acting is a subjective thing. It's not like for me, I'm for, I'm terrible at math. I'm not gonna be a math major, you know, and I I can I can want to be in math as much as I can, but if I'm not good at it, my my heart is in the wrong place. But that math is objective. It is you're wrong or you're right. Acting is subjective. Mm-hmm. So she might not like she, and it's like the the nerve of her to think that that what she sees is the end all be all, yeah. you know, because someone another another dean another school professor. My my looking and be like okay he can be in my program. It's all about you gotta you gotta give people that that chance. And if you are emailing, you say you email her like seventy times. Seventy man. Seventy times obviously, and even trying to get into the school for like the past two years. Past yep two and a half basically. Like, if if you see that, you should definitely be like okay, let me let me, let me let him in the program see how he does. Mm-hmm. Let me let me see what. He he cares about a lot. Maybe maybe there's potential just because he cares. I just think that's just that's just a real that's a that's a, that's a real sham, bro. Like you, you you there is you she is not into teaching because she likes teaching. She's in it for the money. She's in it for the bag. Because if you actually wanted to teach people, then then that that would not be a problem. Now that would not be a problem if you if you wanted to teach. See how good of a teacher you are. Maybe she didn't see potential with you. Maybe she thinks she she doesn't think you're a good actor. Maybe if she actually wanted to teach, she'd be like, "Okay, let me see if I can make him one." Exactly. And let me see if I can if I can cultivate that. So let me test my teaching style. But when you're in it just for the bag, when you're in it just for the money, you don't think about that. And, and you, you only want to try it. You only want to try to cultivate the skill. You, uh, you, you just want you just want um you just want natural just natural just quote unquote natural talents in this in a completely subjective field. Precisely. And, and it's like. Cause one of the jobs I got when I was I was here uh, when I first came here and I had to like you know get money so I could actually pay rent it was um I ended up getting a flag football job as a flag football coach and and one thing a coach like being a coach has taught me it's like man it's really hard to like like you have to be able to tell people no but it's hard to tell somebody no when they're so passionate about something right because like even if that kid is you know like like he's like you know like four or five or four or two. And he's like, like one fifty, like he's huge, like I'm like, 
Okay, and he's just like, coach, 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 let me be running back, coach, coach, let me be running back. And he just keeps asking me, keep bugging me. And he says, let me get the ball, coach. Like, eventually I'm going to give in. Like, I can't be that much of a dick, like, the entire time and be that cold the entire time to someone who's so passionate. If, if I see him, we're, we're out there in practice, and he's running these routes. He just keeps running them. He's like, coach, I want to get better. And he comes up to me. He's like, coach, what can I do to get better? And I said, all right. Here's what can I do to get better? And, I, and he runs the route, runs it perfectly, cuts out. Bang. And, and then I'm like, okay, you dropped the ball. Let me show you how to catch it. I'm going to try to teach him. I'm going to try to mold him into a better player so he can get more playing time. So he can do what he wants. It's just like when you see someone like this, it's like I don't know how many people she must have seen that that's apparently like me. But I can't think of a single person because I, I believe they would have told me. I believe someone would have told me well, there was a kid just like you, you know, who did that. And I was like, but they, I know I'm the first person doing this. I'm the first person who's sitting here and has been denied from this program five times. Five times, and I'm still going, and I'm still trying, and I'm st- like I don't care like how many times I get denied. I told her this in one of the emails. I don't care how many times you'll deny me. You can deny me a thousand times. I'm going to keep sending in an in an application. Going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep trying. I don't care what you say, what you do. She told me you're you're not allowed to send it anymore. I don't care. She'll she'll be expecting one again. When she tell you that, this this one, this last one, she denied me on. Mm-hmm. So like in. Like a, like three months ago, mm-hmm. she told me that. So I was like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. I, and and you know, as I was re- I was reading this the book I've been reading the ten times well. It's like you know, like sometimes there's problems you know like that you can't really you know go through. You know, you, know, you can go around them. You can right. go around them. So you know, like I, I, like if I have to go around you, so be it. But I'm going to be in that program. And it's not even just that. It's that like. Like, I just want to know how to start, you know, like, like it's so, it, it's not, it's just, I just want to start. I, I just want to get started. Just like, get started. Like, and right, it's like, right now you haven't had a chance to really go for, um, focus on what you want to, on what you want to do yet. Yeah. Cause I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to pay off this, this debt for Howard. I have to, you know, like still work for it. I have to make sure I pay it off and get all the money collected for this. And, you know, I'm balancing a lot of things, but I also just like, like there's, there's a bunch of things is like. She wasn't even there as a mentor. She wasn't even there as an actor. She wasn't even there as like a director. She wasn't there as any type of help. She was so cold. She didn't even offer any help. Like, I, I don't understand how you can't even sit there and offer a, like a scruple, a scruple of help. Like, okay, hey, if you want to get started, you know, here's my agency. Here's my agent. Let me connect you. Here's a theater you can go to, Jamal. Here's a local theater you should contact. Here's some people. If you really want to act, go to this dude. Do this, right. do that, and she knew my situation. She knew I, I I was not in Howard University as a school, like like I was not like I I have been you know because I had the debt. Thing. She knew she knows that. She still told me no. Like, like, Man, just on some on some human shit. I don't know how you can just do that to somebody. I I know there has to be some part of her that feels bad, bro. And you know what she told me? She told me. If you'd like to act at Howard University, there's the Howard Players Club, and I said. With all due respect, ma'am, <laughs> Howard Players is Howard Players. It's not a focus, you know? It's not a focus. I told her, it's, it's, it's Howard Players. And then she goes, well, what's wrong with that? And I was like, you know what? You know exactly what's wrong with that. And 
because it's 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 with acting. If it's, if that's my major, that is a focus. That means I am fully committed to this. Right. That doesn't mean I'm sitting here and I'm scared and I have a backup plan because a backup plan means you're not fully committed to your goal. You're fu- you're not fully invested in doing your goal to achieve it. You know, like like I, I understand there's a saying of don't put all your eggs in one basket. But you know, like if your basket's made of titanium and it's cushioned, like your eggs aren't gonna break. Mm-hmm. You know, like. And that's what I feel this basket is, you know, like I'm I'm not I, I, although I'm putting them all in the one basket. I don't really see them as putting them in the one basket because I'm multi-talented. I, I feel like I, I have more to offer than just acting. And I'm not worried about that. But it's like it's like I want to completely focus in. I want to completely make this my life's goal, my life's mission. You know, I told you I told you my goal is to win. You know, like I, I want to be like a trifecta, man. I want to win like Golden Globes, Oscars. Emmys, like I, I want to win Best Actor. I want to, I want to, I want to win uh, Best Film. You know, I want to even get in directing. You know, win Best Best Film there. You know, like I, I want to be Best Supporting Actor. I want to, I want to be the best at whatever role I do, and that's that's my goal. At the end, like at the end, when I'm all said and done, when I'm sitting there lying on my deathbed, that's what I want to look back at. Hey man, it's documented now. This it's gonna be like, uh, it's gonna be like the uh, the Kanye documentary. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Kanye movie <laughs> when um, they're talking about uh, I forgot the dude's name who recorded him but this is Kanye, this when Kanye was like you know he, he was getting kind of big but he was still small like he wasn't Kanye yet it wasn't yay and he wasn't he wasn't yay you know and then a lot of people like what if, what song was it that, that they um that they said was trash um I think it was Through the Wire maybe one one of his one of his early like Hits, one of his one of his all time hits. Like in the studio, they said it was. They said no, this this sucks. Nobody said through the wire. I think because I remember watching. I know, I know they were bumping slow jams. They were bumping. I think they might have been bumped through the. It might have been. Huh. It might have been all falls down or something. Maybe I think it was all falls down. Yeah, yeah, it was all falls down. I think it was all falls down. Yeah, they they was like nah, this this isn't good. This ain't it, and it's like that's the thing. That stuff is all subjective. Because they didn't like it, but millions obviously did. Exactly, man. Millions obviously did. So it's like, I don't, people just, like, her, her ego's probably hella big. She, she, how long has she been teaching at Howard for? I don't know, man. I really don't. I feel like it's maybe six, seven years, maybe. Okay, so she's not going to work. Because I was about to say, if, if she taught Chadwick, if she, if she taught Chadwick Boseman, she probably thought that, um, she probably, yeah, I have the best eye for acting. Oh, right? definitely. She definitely did. But like that stuff is just um, it just pisses me off. But like I was saying with the Kanye stuff, I mean, you have in order to reach that level, you have to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And and there are people who will call you delusional. Yeah. But it takes a certain level of delusion to 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 reach. You, you have you have to believe in yourself. Um, Akil Akil always talks about that. Like you have to you have to believe in yourself. Because I mean, it's like Akil for example when Akil first start. Kill first start rapping. I didn't hear it because it kills my best friend, and people know that, so they're not gonna say it to me. But I know people are talking crazy behind his back. I know that they was like, "Oh, this nigga starting to rap. Like, what? Every dude want to be a rapper. Everybody want to be a rapper. Oh, he rapping now, hmm. and now he has a million combined streams hmm. on on his music. And you know, and people are looking stupid right now. Yeah, well, looking dumb as hell. You know what I'm saying? And people probably say the same thing about me as a podcasting. You know, they they be like, "Oh, oh, Josiah, he um." 
look at this. He got the little thing. This, this dude corny. I, I I told I told somebody the other day that I was that I have a podcast and they was like, they was like, oh, not another one of those dudes. I'm like. Bro, man, what? No, bro. man. I, I wait, like, wait, huh? Like, somebody would got slapped right there. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even get mad because I know, I know what my vision for this is. I know the shared vision me and Michael have for our podcast. Bro, I'm sorry. It's just the book, bro. I'm reading, bro. It talks about that. It's like, like when you're, it's like when you're starting off and like how you know you're doing something right is criticism. Hell yeah. People are gonna criticize. People are gonna talk, and they're saying, "Say he's crazy." He's out of his mind. He's manic. You know, he's a, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. Because a lot of people, you know, they want to take the safe route. Yeah. The safe, safe is easy. Everyone wants to, it talks about like how everyone, like, wants to do average. And average isn't good enough, you know. Average gets you average life. You know, average gets you average savings. And, and when you run into hard times, guess what? Average effort isn't going to cut it. Right. Extraordinary effort is going to cut it. Exactly. And the thing <clears> is, for me, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I was put on this world to be average and I want to live up to to my potential um, that's why I I don't know I, I read a lot and a lot of time a lot of things I read are it's, it's for it's for this podcast it's mm-hmm. because this is this is how I'm going to get my voice out to the to the world you know this is how I'm going to influence others this is how I'm going to impact people so that's why I'm big I want to impact people I want to I want to change lives I want to I want to I just want to I just want to be that dude bro yeah, I want to, and, and me and Michael, we we have that goal and vision for our podcast because it's, it's out of friendship, you know, it's out of our friendship for each other and 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 our our love, our love for each other. You know, me and Michael know each other for, for since like first grade, and um, that's that that's I just I just think it's it's something special about us, and I think we're gonna reach that goal one day, but you know, people people's gonna hate. I've already. I mean, I've I've heard I've heard hate before. I've I've heard it. I've heard people, people people call me corny, you know, you know all that all that stuff. Mm. And you know, it is it is what it is. It is what it is. But that's that's just that's a part that's part of the rise to the top. People going to people going to talk shit about you, especially for doing something out of the ordinary. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not it's not easy to it's not easy to get an internship, but that's that's the path everybody is doing. Yeah, you know, at least in in our in our in our um in our socioeconomic ladder, I guess at, at Howard, you know, yeah, you know, <clears throat> internship, uh, you know, school, internship, job, rise up in the job, you know, it's it's the same, it's the same thing. It's and for me, you know, I mean, I've I've tried, I'm I don't have an internship right now, so I'm definitely I'm definitely part of that, but I I know I have a bigger I have a bigger a bigger purpose. Yeah. I have there's something there's something bigger. Yeah. There's something bigger for me in this world. And I don't want to be no regular ass nigga. Exactly. I'm I, sorry. I that's and and if I fail, I fail. But I don't want to be. I, at least I tried. I, I I at least at least I at least I tried to do something different. Because mm-hmm. like my mom, my mom always told me, like when I was younger, um, like one security guard at my job told me this. He said, "Let me try to remember." He said, "Your parents, your parents are." really influence what you end up doing in your life because there are some parents who want you to stay on that same path that everybody else is doing the the guaranteed path and the guard told me Kai Shao Kai he said his dad told him he could do anything that he put his mind to and that's and that's how Kai that's how he went out in the world he did anything he put his mind to so I mean he's good at a lot of things because of that because of that that positive reinforcement and my mom always 
she always told me, do do what makes you happy in your life. Do what makes you happy. Because, I mean, my, my mom has a good job. Um, I've, I've said this in epic, like, maybe like 30 episodes ago. My mom has a good job, but, you know, she, she could definitely be happier. She, she'd, be at, she'd be at her desk all day, you know, like calling people and stuff like that. And and I and, and I and I know she's telling me that because because she knows she knows what that's like. Cause yeah. at it, at the end of the day, life life isn't just about money. I wasn't put on this world to make money. You know, I wasn't put on this. I was put on this world. Me personally, I think I was put on this world to impact lives. You know, and and for me, I. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I've done that already. Everywhere I've been in my life, I've made I've made an impact. It it, it meant it meant the world to me when um last week St. Mary's the the Valley twin, she uh she shouted me out in her speech. Uh, I don't even know her name. I didn't go to school with her because she I think she transferred. Um, but she shouted me out because uh because of the uh, my my role in helping organize the the George Floyd protests in, in Oakland um to two years ago two, two years ago um, and it's just it's meant a lot it made it just show me that I'm still I'm still I, I've, I've already started I've already sometimes I feel like I'm not doing that sometimes I feel like I'm behind but I've started and I have to keep I and just like you started the reason why you think you're a good actor is because because you've done it before you know in mock trial you know that, that that's the fun that you have of it you've mm-hmm. done it you've, you've, you've started so you know there's something bigger to go to. And for me, like like I was going back to my mom, my mom made me feel like I could do anything when I was when I was younger. And my mom has always encouraged me every step of the way and everything that I that I do. And I just I feel like I feel like I can do I think it's you see people you know the misconstrued people be like, No, it's not about happiness, it's about the bag. You you don't wanna be you don't wanna be, you know, broke and stuff like that. But if you strive to be the best at what you do, if you're putting in that, that top one percent work, mm-hmm. then, then then you will make money from from your job. You when 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 the profession that that you choose to go into, if yeah. you're the, if you're the best at it, like people will could say like um, actors don't make a lot of money. If you're the best actor, you make you're making bank. And that's that's exactly like that was one of my fears. I was like, because in, in the in the back of my head, I was like, I gotta have some safety, you know, you know, like like do something that's safe. But I was like, I'm going to be the best at what I do. And I'm like, I'm going to fully commit to this. I'm not going to be bad. I'm going to be the best. And if I'm the best, I have nothing to worry about. If you're the best, that, that goes for any profession in the world. Even people talk about teaching, not making a lot of money. If you're the best teacher, people will pay you accordingly for that, for, for your service. That's for anything. Yeah. You know, and shit, if, if, you're the, if, if, if you're the best, um, if you're the best employee at your grocery store, People start to notice that. Eventually, you start moving up. If if you desire to to move up, you know, you can start moving up, and then you you might even become store manager. If if you're that good, that's that's how that's how my store manager at Safeway was. He started off as an employee, and he just he worked his way up, and now he making he making six figures. You know, like that, that's just it's that it's that simple. It's not simple, but it's that simple. You know. When I was first, you know, trying to make that decision, and I was sitting there taking those night walks in like the middle of Dallas. And sometimes I call a friend and just be like, hey, you know, like share my thoughts with them and tell them, hey, this is what I'm thinking, you know. And they'd be like, you know, this is why, this is why I really don't like 
talk to people about this that much because I, I know people don't understand. People don't understand your they passion. Don't. They don't. Like they you, don't. They don't. I. They don't, bro. They don't. They, like that's the one thing they can't feel the passion. No matter like how like you can be like best friends, or they just can't like like they can't feel the same way about it as you. And it's just like I noticed it, and they were like, okay, Jamal, like, but what are you gonna do? It was like, how are you gonna do it? And they they'd be like, okay, Jamal, sure, sure, you're gonna be, you're sure you're gonna be, you know, giving an Oscar speech for best actor, sure, you know, whatever, you know, like, like it was like it was like cool, buddy, and it's like you're not. It was that it was like that false sense of belief, and it's like I'm not. I know you don't believe in me. Right. That's I'm a, I don't Michael. That's like a lot of time. I don't. When it comes to the podcast, I don't like telling a lot of people my goals, and we have like achievements, like a total number of plays. I don't. I don't like telling my friends. Even my close friends, because they don't, they don't understand how much it means to me. Exactly, it's that. And my my dad, I've had my, my last two conversations with my dad have been probably some of the best conversations we've ever had in my life with him. Um, and my dad told me that like this feeling, like like I love this, like, like I don't love it, but like I like that I have a feeling of emptiness right now, like, like that, that I'm missing something because it, it it requires me to keep going. It tells me that like, that I'm not satisfied. Right. And my dad was telling me that that because um, I was telling him about it, and I just opened up a bit. And I was like, he probably won't. But then he was kind of understanding. I was like, yes, yeah, so I'm not. I'm just doing as well as I can. But it's just I just want to get started, and I just hate that I'm I'm not. You know, I feel like I'm not progressing or anything. And then my dad sat there and said, he said that feeling that you have right now, it's because the work that you have done. It's the work that you've done that hasn't been recognized, and that's that feeling right now. And it's it's a longing for more. You know, it's like wanting for you to keep going. To it's, long, it's, a, it's longing for more, and it's like you always forget what you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. For example, when you're when you're making a resume for yourself, you can never think of anything that you've done because mm-hmm. a lot of time it hasn't been recognized like that. And you use we 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 always undersell ourselves. As humans, we always forget all the good things that we've done. Yeah. Sometimes I have to remind myself of good things that I've done in my life because sometimes I feel like I'm behind. Sometimes I feel like there are people who are doing more than me mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the areas that I want to do good in. But then I have to remember that I've done great things in my life too. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not no slacker. I've, I've done great things, and I want to do more great things. But you always got to remember. You, you, gotta really, you have to actually remember your journey. That I'm that guy. We always we always forget. We always forget the journey because you know the human memory is very fallible, and it can it can definitely there can be a lot of mistakes with it. But you gotta you just gotta remember. You gotta remember, man. You gotta believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. You gotta believe in yourself. That's that's um. I had one conversation with uh, I don't know what we would call her, Dean, Mrs. Dean Rashad, mm-hmm. or Madam Dean Rashad. I had one conversation with her. It was out on like the the steps of the co or the College of the Chadwick Boseman College of Fine Arts building. So that's like the area where like all the the theater and arts um like majors would go right so um and she's the dean of the college i had one conversation with her uh she 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 said she doesn't do like private meetings. i was like we're, we're gonna have a private meeting. she's gonna be my mentor she just doesn't know it yet. she's gonna be my mentor um but <laughs> um, i had one conversation with her and that was the one thing she said believe in yourself and i was, it was like it's always been a constant you know that everyone keeps telling me believe in yourself and it's like you know, and and I'm just I like every time I think back to that conversation I had with Professor Bay, I get more mad because I'm like, you you made me even doubt my my self belief. You made me doubt my self belief. You made me think that I wasn't good enough. 
Crazy. You made me think. If it was only for a momentary moment, you know, if it was only momentary, that you made me sit there and think that I wasn't good enough to be in your program. And it's just for that. I don't know if I could ever forgive her. Like, I probably will. I'm a very forgiving person. But, um, that's what I mean. That's why I'm saying that's how I, I know she's, she's in what she's doing for the bag. Because Felicia Rashad, she, she has, I mean, we, we all know who that is. You know, her sister, Debbie Allen, was actually denied from, what was it? I believe, I don't know what university. I believe it was, it might have been Hampton, but she was denied from her university and at, at the, um, for their, for acting, for their acting program. And she actually ended up getting into Howard and the university that, denied her I believe was Hampton ended up giving her an honorary degree so see bro it's like you Hampton gave her an honorary degree after they denied her subjective it's subjective mm -hmm. like how who are you to say that I am not good at something that that is not objective that's your opinion exactly that's your opinion that, that's why I, I don't I, a lot of a lot of the opinions I've been hearing that's all it's all it's all bullshit exactly. that, that's that's what you think that's what you think because of uh, however, because your experience in your life, you haven't been through what I haven't been through. You have, you don't know what I know, you know. So you gotta, you gotta take a lot of that BS with, with the grain of salt, mm -hmm. the grain of salt. You just gotta believe in yourself, cause that's that's really what's gonna take you the furthest. Man, when I was, bro, like I'm saying for you, bro, when you was when you was losing weight and shit like that, bro, like you just have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you could do it. You have to believe, and it's it's hard. There's, there's days where it's like, damn, it's not coming off. Yeah. Do I gotta work harder? Or like, well, what do I gotta do? But you have to believe. It starts with self belief. That's the only thing. That's that's what drives our society. That's what every great person. And think think girl raised by Napoleon Hill. He says this. Every great person has had a trial or a tribulation that they had to overcome. Every single one. There is not one. Even the richest dude that you can think of. I'm sure Donald Trump probably his dad gave him hella money at, at the beginning, but he had probably had some type of trial or tribulation that he had to, that he had to overcome to, to become a billionaire. IRS baby or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you know. And it, I mean, and he had the IRS. He went bankrupt. He became president. Exactly. You know. So when when you look at him perspective, success, a trial, a tribulation, and I wasn't going to talk about Trump, but like that's that's still like an example. But just every every successful individual had had that that trial. They had they had to they had to climb that mountain, you know. Yeah. Every every single every single successful person. And the thing that separates the successful people from the people who are not successful is that people who are not successful did not climb it. They they, they didn't they didn't they didn't they couldn't do it. Um, what is it? There there's the um. There's this the book I'm reading. There, it's it's like it's it's like four levels of action, but it just kind of describes like the the four types of people and how they how they you know deal with adversity. It's like the um, the do nothings, like who see the problem and they're just like I'm gonna do nothing. You know, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like I, it'll you know someone else will fix it. I, it. It'll stay there. I'm not gonna address it. I'm not gonna try to conquer it. There is the the retreaters who run from the problem. Run away. My mom's a retreater, <laughs> but it's very funny. My mom is like she's confrontational, but like she's a retreater when met with another confrontation. Like like with a confrontational person, like because I'm from my dad, you know, very confrontational too. So I'll talk to her about some things, and then she will kind of shut down. I'm like, okay, she's retreating, 
and then there's the people who do things like averagely, you know, like normal at normal levels. Right. They take normal levels of action and they get normal levels of result. And then there's the people who, you know, who do extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. And those are the people, you know, those are like your top one percent. Those are the best. Those are the best at their craft. And honestly, that's what I want. I want to be. That's where I'm trying to get to. I want to be. You know, when you think, because like right now, when I think of, you know, the greatest actor, of all, a lot of people come to my mind, but I want to be that, the one that your name, like, like my name comes to mind immediately. And it's like, you know, like him right there, him. And, and actually, I also, like, this, this isn't really that important, but, uh, you know, I've been thinking I'm going to probably like, like stage name wise, probably use Alexander, like my middle name. Alec, really? Yeah. You know, be like Zendaya, one, one name. That's all you need. Alexander. Yeah, so. I did not know that was your middle name. Yeah. Alexander. Alexander. Wow. That would be, that'd be fire. That would be fire. Hey, you know, for all my football fans, you know Jamal is like related to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. And it's actually traceable. Like, it's not no bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, Bill Mahomes, which is his great uncle, is my cousin. So, like, I think he's my he's my. Patrick is my cousin twice removed, if I'm doing the math correctly. Like, like my great grandfather is his great great grandfather. But Patrick needs to help the family out. Yeah, Patrick needs to help this side because you know actually we're kind of like the forgotten lost side though because you know like like my dad well my granddad like ran away and like not ran away but he was like in the military or something mm-hmm. and then him and my grandma broke up and. So, you know, my dad's side got changed from Mahomes to Richardson because that was my step-granddad's name or I don't know what the proper term, his stepdad's name. Um, and then my, my actual granddad came back into his life, like, later, mm-hmm. and they died pretty quickly after. But, yeah, so basically, like, which is kind of funny. Like, like, I also go by, like, Jam Jar, too. That's probably going to be one of my other personas. Jam Jar. He goes. Jam Jar. It's like a trade secret, you know? People won't, people won't realize these are different, you know? These are the same people, like Jamal Mahomes. Yeah, Jamal Mahomes Richardson. Bro, that's gonna be like a fun fact. That's gonna be a fun fact, bro. That's gonna be a. That's, that's gonna be a fun fact. <laughs> He's related to Mahomes. Yeah, Ernie Banks too. That's really traceable. Oh, oh but hey, for a lot of people, a lot of people here don't probably like, probably don't like baseball, but, but yeah. Ernie Banks is like a baseball legend. He played for the Chicago Cubs in the nineteen fifties and sixties. He was part of the. Um, he was one of the black players who who, who broke the. Um, you know, who, who who came up during the era of black players coming in the MLB. Um, he was really good for all of like almost two decades, but he never won a ring because he played in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. But he was um, yeah. I just wanted just real quick. I just want to talk about all the black players who who came out during segregation who didn't get the respect that they deserved because they weren't the first like Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you got little <laughs> um. Larry Doobie, he was the first player in the American League. Um, like the same, he came out like like a month after, like a month or two after Jackie. But nobody, nobody knows who he is. But because National League and American League didn't play against each other back then, it was just American League. They only, they only played in the World Series. So American, so Larry Doobie was integrating into baseball in the American League stadiums because Jackie Robinson wasn't in those stadiums. That's half the league. So that's. And another thing, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I, I'm sorry, I, I like baseball a lot, and yeah. I like, I like baseball history, so I, yeah. I, I'm not gonna do that. But talk, <laughs> talk about how you relate, to, talk about how you relate to Ernie Banks. Um, yeah, yeah, um, 
my cousin's Walter Banks, which is his brother. So that's crazy. So he's my cousin. Wow. Like, that's with Mike. But um, he passed away. Is he? Is he alive? Who Ernie? Yeah. Ernie's dead. Dead. Yeah, he's been dead for a while. Like how, how long? I don't know. Uh, at least a minute. He's been he's been gone for a minute. That that makes that makes a that makes a lot of sense actually. Let me see, Ernie. That's 2015. 2015. Yeah. Okay. Seven years ago. Nicknamed Mr. Cub and Mr. Sunshine. Played shortstop and first baseman for the Chicago Cubs between 1953 and 1971. Rest in peace. 512 home runs, but he's a real ass nigga. Oh, yeah. But um, I think I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. This podcast is hella long. Yeah. It's fire, though. <laughs> I, I see. I, I like I like when I can get on my motivational bag in the podcast. I, I love that. I love that. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't get to do it enough. I don't get to do it enough. Yeah. But um, thank you, Jamal, for hopping on. It's a, it's a pleasure to have yeah. you. You know. You know. It's a pleasure been, being on it finally. And been been trying to do this for a while, but yeah. and now that a lot of people are all the homies is gone, I have a lot more time to focus. I ain't got people just barging into my room no more. You almost got me that one day. Which day? You know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Before Gavin walked in. Yeah. We yeah. Ask God. all right right, say just uh, appreciate y'all tuning in if you listen to the whole thing that is much appreciated if you didn't I understand why but I also don't because this episode was fire but um you know you know what we say as long as y'all show love we'll stay consistent Josiah out Black Lotus out